Hello everybody, how's it going and welcome back to the As Always podcast, the first episode of 2022. This is episode 157, I'm one of your hosts James and I'm joined as always by Tyler. As always, how's it going my friend? It's going pretty well, how you doing? I'm doing well, happy to be here, finally back for mm-hmm. the year. It was, a, it was a long break, but ready to rip and tear, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice, very how nice, you doing? all right. I'm I'm good, thank you. For Sorry, asking. I, just I, thought I, I thought I'd ask. I never asked. I'm good. I'm good. But yeah. more importantly, yeah. More Go importantly, on. though, today we do have a guest for the first episode of the year. We're joined today for an episode where we're focusing quite heavily on Horizon, uh, the franchise Zero Dawn: Forbidden West, soon to come out. We're joined today by Random Side Quest. How you doing? Well, I'm great. Thanks for having me on there, guys. Excited first episode for you in 2022. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we uh, we like to take a good break over, um, you know, end of December, start of January. And it's a very, yeah. I know, like, working in, I work in finance. I know a lot of Americans, that, like, and international people that work with us, or most people that work with Australians, fucking hate us at this time of year because Australians, January is a write-off. We don't do anything in January. We don't do things. We don't work. We don't fucking do anything. Like, it's the end of the year. We fucking we take January off. It's summer for us. We you're not we're not fucking working. Everyone's on holidays. Nothing gets done. So I like to do the same with the podcast. Once I know January's on the on ah, the on, on the way, I'm just like I'm not fucking doing anything. I'm just gonna chill out. It's what we do. But now it's February. You're like oh let's let's go full steam ahead. We're excited to be mm-hmm. here. Uh, and of course, like this year and every other year. The As Always podcast is brought to you all by the great people over on patreon.com forward slash as always. So if you like what you're listening to here and you want to hear more, head over to patreon.com forward slash as always. And for just $1 a month, you get exclusive access to, in my opinion, the best podcast on the internet, the Clubhouse podcast with over 130 episodes for your streaming pleasure uh, that's already back this year. Go check it out. And if you want to jump on the producers list as well, you'd be amazing. And so I'm going to thank our producers. We have Ollie the Superior, Ollie Avery Dobbs, Clark 53, Damon, Epic Alaric, or Faramir's Noble Shaft, Ferentino, Flash Paradox, Franco, Jesper Olsen, King Richard III, Ryan Hafer, Tristan Weaver, and Ballsack47. Thank you, you sweet vintage lads, for helping power this podcast. Um, we love you. Those were you. great. There were some yeah. of those that were just, just prime, yeah. prime. The yeah. Aragorn one. The, I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking about that one for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Far- Faramir's noble shaft. Every every ep- every every yeah. episode, uh, Alaric tends to change it to a different genitalia of a different Lord of the Rings character. Oh, well, or, or Tolkien character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta be. In, it's all about inclusion now, so you gotta make sure that you know everybody's getting some love. Of well, we, yeah, we we cover everyone. Um, in yep. in that way well everyone's genitals at least um which is exciting <laughs> which is exciting for everyone um yep. Yep. we have a longer list that we do at the end like our credits list which is a bit of a lower tier and those names really that's when you really get into the good stuff that's a really you know the the i i wouldn't say the low low hanging fruit i i don't know what i would say just it really says a lot more about us than anything else that's what i'd have to say i guess that's, true. that's what i have to yeah. say i guess um but uh chili do you want to give us a bit and the audience a bit of a, a rundown of who you are what you do and sort of your way of becoming a content creator and making content on horizon zero dawn forbidden west and so on yeah of course uh so i run a youtube channel called random side quest that specializes in the lore of horizon uh specifically um that all started kind of around 2017 when the game came out and i was looking for a channel 
that was the one that I kind of ended up making because I'm a big fan of people like Vati Vidya and My Name is Bife and, and other people who cover the lore of different video mm. games because those are, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy. So I was looking for a channel like that and I really didn't find one. So um, I'd done a lot of video editing in the past and some previous journalistic experience and I just kind of wanted to keep those skills uh, a little bit sharp. So I just started making videos and then, you know, five, you know, yeah, wow. Yeah, five years later, uh, here we are. Five years. I didn't realize. I, I've, it's, it, but then again, of course, Horizon Zero Dawn, we keep pinching ourselves on the fact yeah. that Horizon even came five out years. five years ago is mm. mental. Absolutely yeah. insane. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And for you, what's been, I guess, as, as content creators ourselves as well, like there's, there's certain turning points or different chapters you sort of segment your channel into on like when a certain video happened that may have, you know, changed something. Do you have any specific point where you went from, I'm just going to start a channel, see how it goes to, wow, this is actually a thing now. Yeah, it was, it's interesting. Cause like in the beginning, like I said, it was just more, mostly like a passion project. I, I felt, I fell in love with the game and the story and it was just so good. And it came out of nowhere, you know, it was a new IP for gorilla and, uh, mm. I was just really excited to hop into that world. And I would say like, as far as there's, there's been a couple turning points that the, the one that I really kind of identify with was when I, it, I did a whole series that wasn't just focused on the game, but I actually went, cause I'm located in Colorado, which a lot of the game actually takes place in. So mm. I went around and filmed those locations, combined them with the lore. So it's uh, that, that was a turning point for me where I'm actually like getting out of my from behind my computer and going out into the world and covering this thing. And so that was one. And then relatively recently uh, when I dropped my complete history of Horizon video, because that thing was just monstrous to make. It's like an hour and a half long. And when that finally came out, because I've been working on it for like seven months. And, and so that was a big turning point as well. So mm -hmm. um, for me, it's just kind of. Every time I'm always just kind of astounded as to the, the people in the community who enjoy the stuff. And uh, yeah, I just feel really, really lucky as, as a content creator, especially for this game. It's, you know, it's Gorilla's great. I, I can't say enough about him. Yeah, for sure. And I think as well, like a, another turning point, hopefully for you will be when Forbidden West comes out and you get to dive into that and talk about all the lore that comes from that game and hopefully bring in a whole you know load of new people that are going to be watching that sort of stuff because there's you know there's a market for it there's like you said with those other content creators like when you get for like the the dark souls games or whatever those sorts of lore videos you know horizon has such a deep like lore that's maybe not necessarily fully on the surface you get it through all the, like those little voice notes and little things you can find in the world so you know i know for me if i've ever like seen a lore video it's always been yours i've always like you know if i've come across something or if like i've seeked something out i'm like i need to know what this thing is like you know it'll be something on your channel so um i'm excited to see where that goes like where you go um with after forbidden west comes out that's going to be really exciting yeah i appreciate that that's a uh, it's a big compliment i it's one of those things where i think a lot of people when they give like the the elevator pitch for the game it's like you're fighting robot dinosaurs with ro you know but with bow and arrows mm. and a lot of that other stuff kind of gets slept on and and yeah. yeah it's i'd say it's it's a happy medium between being quite as like uh a little bit easier to follow than something like dark souls or destiny but also has a lot of added depth to you would you mm. would have to dig into the game in order to really get the full story of things but yeah, yeah. I, I 
I cannot wait to launch into Forbidden West. Now, the, at the time of this recording, I have not played the game. So um, okay. anything we talk about is fully speculative uh, based on what we found out from the first game and the comics and all the other insular material. But yeah, it's it, like you said, we're just pinching ourselves that it's weeks away at this point. Mm. I, I yeah. think it's just come so fast. Like it felt like so far away for so long. I just had a moment, I think like a week ago. I'm like, holy crap. Like this thing's, I'm yeah. about to be playing this. It's going to be no time at all. And we'll be Two into weeks. that world again. Two, Two weeks and it'll be out. At, at the time of recording. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. And when was it, dude? Because cause, um, I first sort of, well, internet met you, right? Uh, met you um, through, we did a video collab when the Horizon Zero Dawn PC version came out and made the like 10 tips for, for newcomers sort of into the game, which I thought was a really cool, like fun video to make. Um, when was that? Was that 2019? Like what year? Or was that 2020? What year did the PC version come out? I want to say it was, I want to say it was 2020, but I, I could be wrong. But yeah, it's crazy how much time has passed even since then, you know, and it was like, we've had um, the people who played the game originally and finding the game on the four and then a whole new group of people coming in for the PC port and, I know they're all kind of wishing that Forbidden West was coming out for PC at the same time too, but they had to wait a fair amount of time for it to come out on Zero Dawn. But you know, if Zero Dawn's any kind of precedent, I I think it'll eventually make its way to PC after a few years. So um, if you can't get your hands on a on a five, or if you're just like PC master race person, then you can <laughs> then, then you'll be okay. Mm. Yeah, no, 100%. Your channel's, you know, I, I think on the precipices, as James said, I, I think this game's going to be a turning point for you because you're putting out such incredible content and that complete history of Horizon video, like, um, for, uh, uh, an, like, your channel's big, but it's I can see how big it can be, if that makes sense. And, yeah. you know, that video did fantastically, over 100,000 views, which is so great when you, when you put in so much work into a big video. And I know once... Um, over the next couple of weeks, going to continue to get those views up, and once Forbidden West comes out, and when people see your content, it's just going to—I think it's going to be like a snowball effect for you. So I'm really excited to see it. The number that's there of subscribers, and know mm. in like a month, it's probably going to yeah. fucking it's, I mean, double. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing, bro. Like we've experienced this before with you know with Assassin's Creed because that's where we got our right. you know that's where we started, right? So like my big my big sort that. of like okay. growth we don't we don't talk about that normally but uh yeah. you know my i mean my <laughs> my big like growth was from assassin's creed origins was like when it, we were leading up to that and like i went from like 20k to like you know eighty thousand, and it was just like in a year it was just insane growth um so i can definitely see that happening to you with horizon and obviously a you know a league's better franchise so you're in a good place <laughs> um you're not gonna hate yourself <laughs> that that that's the that's the hope i really do hope that because yeah it's, it's one of those things where people will stumble onto the game or they did because now it's one of the most anticipated games of this year opposed to just kind of like a game that came out of nowhere so hopefully the growth mm -hmm. is there and i'm going to be making you know videos regardless and later on apparently you know psvr2 is going to be spearheaded by uh, another horizon game called the mountain so i'm gonna have to mm -hmm. pony up for that thing and and then i'll be covering <laughs> that too yeah 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 that's right that's right i i i'm absolutely buzzing i've been talking a lot with people about forbidden west and i'm just at the point i'm buzzing about it and, and ready to play and we will be 
delving into it. I want to talk law. I want to talk, you know, speculation, excitement, everything. But we do have a few on the As Always podcast. We like to cover a lot of news and topics and things like that. So we're going to sort of smash through those so we can spend our time on the good stuff on Horizon Forbidden West before this game comes out. Um, and I'm, I've got like, I like to think I know about it, but Chili, you're the expert. You're the law expert. I, I've, I'm going to have questions for you. I'm going to need you to explain stuff to us that we might have forgotten. It's mm-hmm. been like a I'm year here and a half. It since I last played Zero Dawn, like, you know, so I'm excited for that. But I did want to get your, your guys' thoughts on a few things. Um, the first thing, and this happened a few weeks ago, so it's a bit of old news, but it was it's a big deal in the video games industry because Troy Baker, who's one of the biggest, if not the biggest named voice actors uh, in video games today, um, put up a, a tweet where he was sponsored or, or partnering up with uh, an NFT voiceover company. Uh, mm. And it wasn't necessarily like, obviously, a lot of the internet, especially the video games community, I would say, are definitely against NFTs, certain metaverse things, because we've been dealing with microtransactions and money for digital consumables for a long, long time, longer than maybe the mainstream's now getting in touch with the NFT type thing. I feel like for, for people to play games, like we have seen this all before and it's never been good. So we're very resistant already to this. And then Troy Baker's not only come out and said that he's, you know, partnering with one and here's his like picture. And it's just like, and it's, you know, it's a fine little cartoon picture of him. But like, <laughs> you've got these, but I was just like, I've been seeing thousands of dollars being paid for like pictures of rocks. Like, you know what I mean? Like crappy drawings mm. of like rocks. So it's like just insane. Uh, but what the controversy came from this was what he said in the tweet. Troy said, I'm partnering with at voice vs NFT to explore ways where together we might bring new tools to new creators to make new things and allow everyone a chance to own and invest in the IPs they create. We all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What'll it be? Now, yeah. didn't go well for anyone. In, Are you in, telling in, me that the internet didn't just come out and embrace someone with no controversy? I understand that normally people of the internet, especially in the video games communities, we're very open to new things. We love change. Um, and, and we constant, do. We love it, yeah. Constant evolution. Um, good or bad, we just embrace everything. And we, we like to make our decisions after we see how it goes, not before. Right, um, always. Yeah, yeah, so this is why this story is particularly shocking because that didn't happen here. So <laughs> Troy got <laughs> fucking yeah, yeah. obliterated. He got absolutely mm-hmm. obliterated, torn apart. He did. Um, what, James, what, what was your reaction? What was your thoughts when this was all going on? I mean, I mean, I'm 100% against NFTs as it is, just because, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it. I think because they, like, especially in the video game industry, like, you don't really want that, you know, in your video games. It's the same thing as, you know, your microtransactions and all of that bullshit. You don't want that bullshit in your games. You just want good games. You don't care about it. It's like Ubisoft have started NFTs, and I think, like, the, the metrics or something that they've sold for. Of course they have. Of course they have. And it's because, yeah. like, Ubisoft have thought, like, oh, our dumbass fans that play our shit games, they're yeah. going to, like, they're going to buy these NFTs. And then they, when they do it, they realize that, like, their fans don't care about the NFTs because, like, they have one brain cell and they just yeah. want to play Far Cry 6. 
So like they're not gonna buy an NFT. It's just it's just not happening. Um, so like the fact like it's becoming part of gaming is weird. Obviously, also there's the whole environmental thing. Like they're very harmful for the environment because of how much power you have to use, and like it's very you know it's very aggressive in that um, respect. So there's that as well. But um, yeah, I mean I just thought it was dumb. I was like, ah, oh, Troy Baker, like man, you just this is at very out of touch. Like. You don't know what you're the, doing. Like you need it's to the, it's like the you can hate or you can create line. It's That's, like the anticipation yeah. <laughs> of the oh. of the like he's trying to get ahead. He's like, I don't really care. You can hate if you want, but I, this is what's happening. And if you're not into it, well, that's your problem. And, and it like, makes no sense. Oh. It makes no sense because like, what does that mean? You can create without making an NFT. Like, what do you mean? It's just like it doesn't really make sense. It's just an odd way to go. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird just living in an era where there's so much perceived value over. I mean, we always have had that. It's like, but just how many more things people have perceived value, and then if if it has value, it has value, and it's 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 wild to yeah. But anything that even re- resembles like microtransactions or things like that is just. I would love to buy a game, and just have it be the game, and that's mm. it's it's an odd thing to like have that be the rarity anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, it's an interesting thing, but yeah, I love his try to like his PR spin to try to like uh, this is gonna get some backlash. Like, I, I don't think you expected to get that much. It's yeah, uh, <laughs> no, it's a no. it's it's a super weird one, and I think um, I mean one of the one of the main things from it I think though is so obviously recently he's backtracked on it and he's not backtracked, but he's like taken it back and he's like, look, I'm not partnering with him anymore. I'm not doing the NFT shit, right? And a lot of people have still like jumped down his throat and they're like going at him still they're like no but you're not sincere about taking it back you're not sincere about it you don't oh, know yeah, what you're doing you're not doing for the right bit... reasons mm. and it's like look it doesn't really matter why right the fact that he's gone back on it is a good thing you've got you've got to let that's him what we wanted do we got we got because what we wanted exactly exactly <laughs> you've got you've got to let him do that because if there's no redemption for these people if by backtracking on the nfts they don't get to have their reputation back they don't get to have their fans back then why would they do it you know what i mean like you want them to stop doing nfts they've stopped doing it now you've got to like you've got to you know give them that sort of respect you're like okay good for you you did it that's good if you don't they're never gonna stop, and you're never gonna win like what we want. So it's pointless. It's stupid. Um, so I think you know, good for him. He, would he did you would you say the internet just likes being angry? Would you say they, that? James? Yeah, that might be the case. You know, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've I've come across it and dealt with it enough that yeah, they do like being angry, and it doesn't really matter uh, what you say. They just yeah. they really like it. Yeah. There, at least there's a very certain subsect that is very vocal it doesn't matter how like big or small it is but yeah i think it's just mm-hmm. people people like being outraged and uh you know mm-hmm. some things are very justifiably so and some things you look at it and you go oh, man i wish you would direct that somewhere else <laughs> especially yeah. in this <laughs> yeah, instance yeah, where sure. you have somebody who like made a mistake and then they they owned up to it and then corrected it and then it's like that's not good enough it's like you gotta give people a chance to yeah. like i need you to like go down and do like 100 push-ups or like you know do a run <laughs> go for a run and then maybe we'll fucking have a conversation about it mm-hmm. you know that's that's the level i need from you it's not just going back you've got to be punished people love punishment on the internet it's so yeah. fucking weird it's, it's weird. so weird dude it's like, like this like <laughs> weird feeling of like power and control over somebody else it's like just go outside and touch some fucking grass like jesus yeah. christ yeah. <laughs> but i tell you what the one thing i was sort of like getting on board with though was i was reading through all like the thread comments and people were like you know what maybe last of us part two was good i'm like yes let's normalize loving abby and the last of us part two let's do that guys uh, finally yeah. f- 
finally we can really accept the fact the last of us part two is a fucking masterpiece one of the great games of all time that's what yeah. i that's what i want to now accept and normalize but i think yeah. I, I, it's still we're still not quite there the world's not ready yet the world's not ready and that's okay the world's not ready here give it 10 <laughs> years and then the kids that grew up with it will come back and be like oh this was actually a really good game it'd be like the prequels of star wars only like <laughs> well, if the prequels right? of star okay. wars were good originally you know? Only with greater perspective do you come to appreciate <laughs> what what was given to you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Right. Well, yeah. it's when it's when there's no longer expectations. It's like I find it's like listening to a new album from a band, and it's a bit different than the last album. You're like, oh, I'm not sure about it, but then you're like, wait yeah. a bit. You go back and listen to it a week later, and your second, third listen, you're like, well, this is amazing because you're no longer like anticipating it to sound the same. You accept the new sound, and you just embrace what it is, and you're like, you know what, this is actually on its own fantastic and sometimes i feel like with video games it takes a lot longer than like a week or a couple of days it i can mean take years or never yeah i mean it takes years for me with music anyway like if a band puts out a new album and it like it sounds weird and i'm like i don't like this it takes you don't listen to music. five years you don't I, listen, I don't to, listen music. to fucking music you, you listen to the same music you've i listen to, to music. for the last 10 years i listen James. to new music from the bands that i like oh right? uh, only... uh, taylor swift releasing a taylor's version doesn't count that's not even that's music. not even what i'm talking about that's not what we're talking music, about James. that's not what i'm talking about listen all right in 2015 mayday parade put out an album and i was like i don't like this album but i kind of like the album now all right that's the example I'm using here. Yeah, the tw- Mayday Parade in 2015. 2015. Was that the was last time called? you heard a new album? Was that the last was time you called? heard a new album? No, it, of course it was not the last time I heard a new album. I think it was, Fucking though, Taylor that? Swift put out Evermore in 2020, all right? So oh, so, I'm you're sorry. wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. You guys going to be okay? Are you going to be able to move past this? I just want to oh, make this, sure that we're moving is, forward this... in a positive way. <laughs> we're <laughs> never moving past this. This is just resentment we have for each other for the rest this of time. Is... This is eight years of doing podcasts together of resentment that's built. We're like an old married couple at this point. We just <laughs> we'll fight, we'll fight about anything. We will argue about anything, and it's the only thing that you. we You do you. You get it all off your chest. It's healthy. It's healthy. <laughs> it's it's the only way we feel connected anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's in a, true. In we have, in to, a fight. Meaningful we have way. to fight. Yeah, or else yeah, I don't no think he cares about me. here anymore. It's yeah. just aggression. This is how we keep the spark alive. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> the only way I know yeah. he cares is knowing that he'll yell at me for disagreeing with him. <laughs> the worst part is if he didn't yell, then you know you're in real. That's exactly. when I'd be really upset. Like I'm probably, I'm probably, I'm probably doing podcasts with someone else. You know? Ooh. Wow! If I caught you <laughs> doing that, that man. podcasting me, around, me and yeah. Joraptor making our own yeah. podcast together or something. You know? I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not, I don't accept that. I don't accept that. I don't accept that. But anyway, moving on. Moving on, we also have um, some TV movie news. One thing is the Paramount Halo TV show uh, that's released some photographs and since now a trailer, a proper trailer. Mm. um, You say proper. Um, Well, I mean like... It's a trailer, you know, yeah, like a trailer it's a trailer. Like it was maybe made by like college students or something. Okay. Right. Tell me how you maybe. really feel, James. What What are your feelings on this? It's a Halo art house trailer. It's all handheld. music. They're using it for the new Apple keynote. It was actually all shot on an iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it was, uh, I was, yeah, I just was like, I mean, I expected it to be bad, and it was bad, so I was like, whatever, it's whatever. I mean, Jen Taylor is Cortana, but other than that, like, yeah, I'm not like, feeling it, probably I find that it. so weird, don't you guys find it weird that, like, they got Jen Taylor come back as Cortana, but not the voice of Master Chief? Yeah, it's not like Steve you're Downs seeing the actor's face, saying, yeah. like, I don't understand why I do one and not the other, <clears> or just make it completely, if you're gonna make it original, make it completely original. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that, that's one of those things. Especially, like you said, like nobody's ever gonna see this person. Like if you have an opportunity to to match the voice that you all know, and then be able to mm. take it into the the. Uh, uh, assuming they were interested, right? I wonder if they saw the project and they were like, mm, "No," because that's not a good sign. Like he <laughs> was approached and well, then turned it down, and then you're like, "Ooh, this." Uh, so hey, that's even mm. you know if they offered it to him and he turned it down, that could be rough. But yeah, you know. There's all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes. Apparently, apparently, the guy who's playing the Master Chief in the show, he's actually you are going to see his face. Oh, um, quite quite frequently. Apparently. Oh no no um, no no no. Yeah no, yeah that's no not, yeah. That's not. Um, that's so. Not but the good the, the good thing is this is not in any way canon to Halo, so it's completely oh, really? separate. Like apparently, like the prophets might be play might be humans. They might actually be like um, Sanshayun. So there's that. Um, what <laughs> and apparently wow. potentially um and there's also like because the, the whole like the caps like the, the the catch line for it or whatever like the tagline for like the end of the trailer was like find halo to like save the universe or whatever um which doesn't well, make that's what halo rings do if you know a lot about yeah if you know halo, halo rings are actually yeah. really good they things save the universe yeah they they're very the good things yeah yeah that's yeah. That, that strikes from me my like, point of view, the Jedi are evil. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it strikes me like the beginning of Anchorman, where it's like this is based on a true story, except the events and characters have been changed. It's like this is based on Halo, except the <laughs> yeah. events and characters have been changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is a bit. Uh, so I mean, in saying that, so like, I, I find it confusing when you make, I guess, stories like this from a video game. That's like okay. So, who are you marketing this towards? Like, that's what I've like, always um, never understood. Who are you trying to get to watch these things, if not, at the very least, the original fans that can then tell their friends, like, you look at The Witcher, it's fans of at least the no, games that told their say, mates though. to then, like, this is actually really well done, and it's like, it's great, the games are great, you should watch this show. Uh, my parents have seen it, my <clears> friends that have never, don't play games have seen it, and they love The Witcher now. It's a show people like. Like who? If but I not- think as well though, The Witcher season two is like I mean I've read I've read Blood of Elves recently, and it's not the same at all. Like yeah. it's a completely different story, and so that I think that's similar. So like people that have read The Witcher books and watched the show are going to be like, what is this? What is this garbage? Like this is not the story I know. But so I feel like, like season played- one was well received compared to season two as well. I'm Se- more yeah, season to the one. First season. I think. Yeah, season one was definitely more received than season two. Although I liked both, despite having now read the books and being like, yeah, they are totally different. I do like both. Um, But um, I think, I mean, it's like you look at the Uncharted movie and it's like, well, I have no interest in seeing that and I'm probably never going to watch it. But. See, I actually am really excited for the Uncharted movie. I oh, was going to talk about this. No, no genuinely, I think it looks pretty good, dude. I actually think... Fuck off! 
that Nathan <laughs> Fillion's too old. That's that's my uh, only thing with that whole perfect, thing. perfect, man. Yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, that, that hurts. Also, for The Witcher, uh, a good series, just nowhere near enough Gwent emphasis in it for oh. me. Of course, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I just want They've World Series of it. Poker, but Gwent. That's, yeah. Yes, I'll say it. I'll yes. say the controversial things. There's not enough Gwent. I'm with you. I'm backing you up. Say it you're louder. Brave. That's brave, Jilly. You know what I mean? That's that's a courageous man. Thank you. Say what nobody else is saying, but everyone wants to say. Hey, love it or hate it. That's the line. That's you gotta, you know, you gotta be brave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hate or create, right? Hate or create, there it is. Yeah, create, yeah. yeah. Hate or create. I, because I I did want to refer to the Uncharted movie because I, the more that I've seen about this Uncharted movie, I think it looks like it's going to be a really good movie. I don't know if it'll be a good Uncharted Unch- I don't think it'll be necessarily it a good Uncharted. So shit. What looks you, shit about Tyler, it? What looks you shit like, about it? You like Free Guy because Ryan Reynolds holds Captain America shield for I, five now minutes. That's, now that's not entirely uh, true. That's, that's just, just mostly true. true. <laughs> that's just most. That's just mostly true, James. I like Ryan Reynolds in general a lot. That's why I like that movie. Yeah, I really yeah. like Ryan Reynolds just <clears throat> in general, and the fact I that like Chris Evans showed Deadpool. up for three seconds also he did. added He's watching a lot it on his me. phone and he reacts to it. He's like, oh, he's, look at him there. He's got the he Captain is my, America shield. And he's my favourite human being on Earth. So there is a little bit of that other than John Mayer. Uh, yeah. There's a little bit yeah. of that. There's a little bit mm-hmm. of that. Um, but, I, no, I mean, I actually, I love Tom Holland. So I, I was like, oh, I'll give it a chance from that alone. And I love Mark Wahlberg. But I was a bit like, oh, it's not great casting <laughs> in that in that instance. You love, you love Mark, Mark Wahlberg? Wahlberg? I love, yeah, who what? doesn't love you Mark love Wahlberg? Him. I love name, Mark Wahlberg. Name, name five of, you, of like, his like films. Marky Mark, but also like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where does your fandom come from? Yeah, where I've, do you I've, love I've, him in? I've always liked Mark Wahlberg from the early 2000s, from the movies he did, if like from The Departed, from Shooter. Like, he did some the great happening. action so, oh, so no, 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 I loved the other guys with Will Ferrell. Like, I've just always liked Mark Wahlberg. I've it's always like the liked him. Nicholas Cage effect, where if you just do that many movies, there, there's going to be a lot you don't like, but there's like a handful that are good. You know, like, like pigs. Exactly. Like, the Departed. Talking, no, The Departed is one of the great movies of all time. It's a Scorsese film, and Mark Wahlberg's phenomenal in it. I, um, yeah, no, I mean, I like Mark Wahlberg. I'm a fan. <laughs> Uh, that's a bra- that's the brave thing to say. That you know what I'm gonna that say is, what needs yeah, to be said. Yeah. I'm gonna say what needs to be yeah. said. I, I don't like him as much as let's say a Tom Cruise in terms of action action like sh- very short white guys, but like I do like him still. And is he a great solid casting? No, Wait, but I, I what's that? You said short. How tall is Mike Wahlberg? I don't think he's very tall. I think he has to tower over Tom Cruise, though. I mean, most yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's most one point seven three meters. How much is that? That's, I mean, it's taller than you, James, but that's, you know, that goes without saying. Oh, he is a little bit taller than me. Yeah, he's five foot six. Mm. Fuck. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Well, that's a lot taller than you, James. You're five three and that we do know. That's <laughs> that, <laughs> that we do know. That's yeah. well as well, everything in the videos that it shows your face is all done in forced perspective, like Lord of the Rings. You gotta, like... Ex- exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, they released a scene, um, I, I think, think two days ago, on, on, and I saw it on Twitter, and it had uh, a, in, in a bar looking through a clue or something, and it was Chloe and, and Nate. And I don't know, the, the scene was really well, like, choreographed. There was a, some good lines in there. I'm like, it looks like a fun action movie. Like, maybe it won't be a good Uncharted movie, but it looks enough like a fun, well-produced action movie that I'm excited I, to see. And I got friends that have never played the games that are like, hey, do you want to come see Uncharted with us? We're keen. It looks really good. I'm like, yeah, 100%. Just because people love Tom Holland. Like, but I'm like, yeah, I, I'm excited for the Uncharted movie. I hope it's good. I don't think... I've watched those trailers and everyone's like, they, it sucks. I'm like, in what universe does this look like it sucks? We haven't seen enough. This could it be great. It just looks bad. It, every single... It all just looks so bad. I, I disagree. I think, like, I think you've got... I think you want to hate it. I think you want to hate like, it. We have, like, the weirdest, like, opinions on films when it comes to, like, each other. Because I feel like you... Like, there'll be one instance where you're, like, you're into, like, you have the best opinions on films. You're, like, these weird Soviet Russian fucking 19 whatever films and, like, fucking black and white well, things. I'm, I'm a... Like, I'm, I'm a cinema. I'm a cinema fan. You're like you're, like, a you're literally like a cinema connoisseur, and then you're also yeah. like in the same breath, uncharted. I love trash. Movie I love trash. I like, like junk food too, so man. Weird. I can like I can love a beautiful, well cooked, like I fillet steak, and also love McDonald's fries. No, no, like, no. But, me... unch- but I feel like the MCU is more like McDonald's. Uncharted is more like a random kebab shop down a street mm. in like no, no, no. Like un- Leicester un- city. You it's know more like I mean? KFC. It's more like KFC, I'd say. KFC it's is like... better than McDonald's, though. No, it's... What the fuck? They yeah, both make me is. really sick. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's true. As, as, they both, as, as they American, both make you sick. Let me yeah, step I in. Mean... I, I am the authority on this, on <laughs> horrible fast food being... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're both... If you're gonna go with anything, really, for my money, it should be Taco Bell. That's that's the one. Taco Bell. It's, yeah. It's, Taco Bell's only been in Australia a couple of years. Like Good I feel like you. five it's years. Too, yeah. And I'm Never and I'm yet though. to have ever I'm yet to have eaten Taco Bell. And when I was in um when I last went to America, it, all I wanted to try was like in and out Shake Shack. I was more on the burger side of things. It, yeah, in and out's like legitimately good. That's like I don't know. If you're comparing it to oh. film, like for, for my money, in and out's like you're Dr. Shivago, like, like really pretentious, like <laughs> yes. you only go to eat there for your burgers. But, but yeah, the nice thing is like Taco Bell's open at 3 a.m. And, you know, when you're like in your like early 20s and it's like 3 a.m., you're like, you have 20 bucks. You could get everything. Everything on the menu is yours for $20. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> go ham. Too, if it's three in the morning, I'm either getting McDonald's, like I'm going to get like a bunch of like pack of 24 like fucking chicken nuggets with big mac sauce and fries or i'm gonna get like a greasy pizza like those mm. would be the go-to three yeah. three a.m things and yeah, uh, that's the one like- thing i'll give i'll just give america and i just miss about it so much is that no one i've, I've been around the world nowhere does better burgers than the united states fucking usa mm. right there if you want if you love burgers <laughs> like i do 100 percent all on team america mm. right there like un every burger I had there, I was like, well, this is the best burger I've ever had. Like In and Out, Shake Shack, unbelievable. Just like local burger joints. I'm like, this is fucked. Like, how do you guys do this? I gained a lot of weight while I was over there as well. But that's neither here nor there. Hey, that's true. That, that could be our mission statement. <laughs> that could be your mission statement. Yeah. 
No one does burgers yeah. better. Yeah, arteries feeling a little tight when you go back. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. But I think I think I think in the UK though, there's so little like health regulations that you can go down a high street in the UK and you can walk into like just a random fucking takeaway place and you're gonna get food poisoning and that's the Uncharted movie to me. Honestly, <laughs> like that's that's what I'm feeling from it. And like it's maybe it's good, you know, at the time when you're having it and you're watching the film, maybe you feel good, but then afterwards you throw up and maybe you die. But like, you know, you you find out. You find out. It's 50-50. Strong opinions. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I'm probably gonna go see it and I hope it's good. It's one of those things. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm also like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Getting back, we're, I, I appreciate James segue back into it. That was pro. That's pro. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I try. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I do feel like video game adaptations probably are better served as a series, like in general. Mm-hmm. I think just mm-hmm. for how much content you have to cover. So I am interested to see like um, how kind of like a a pulpy action adventure like Uncharted or like, you know, what it was inspired from, like Indiana Jones, it's probably going to transfer better to the screen. But for most instances, I would say that like a series is where I would put my money to have it be the, have a chance to be the most successful. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're adapting something like an Uncharted 1 or an Uncharted 2, you're probably, a film is probably like more than enough. But I think if you're doing like an Uncharted 4, where like there's so much more depth to everything that's happening, maybe a series would be better for that. So I think the film could work. I just don't think this film looks very good. But you know, that's just okay. that's just me. I don't know. I just okay. have PTSD also... from Monster Hunter. That's like, oh god, it just it hurts my soul every Wait, time I think a, about it. They did they, they did, did a Monster, Monster Hunter, Hunter film. film. Oh, I mean, I guess you could call it that. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not though. Like it has the monsters, okay. but it's like soldiers like modern day yeah it's if you if you want to you know like if you want to have some junk food go ahead okay all right yeah fantastic i mean i i mean i am a fan of the sonic the hedgehog film and i don't know if that's that's a hot take or not no no, don't don't tell him that but tyler you've never seen it you've never seen it but i don't like sonic i don't i like i don't like the games i like sonic as a character not liking sonic tyler do you not like going fast yet you do (laughs) Do (laughs) (laughs) you like it don't you you whenever you leave your house you put on your fast shoes and you run I know. The ones that light up and the ones that have shocks. Yeah. Exactly. Right, okay. I put on my fast shoes. Well, they're just... I just go as fast as I can run. They're not... They're not really the shoes. I don't have fast shoes The speed of sound. Right. Uh, Yeah. Need new shoes. No, I need... I don't have the right (laughs) shoes. I need to get get sonic shoes. And then I can run fast. (laughs) That's what I've been missing. Yeah. That's what I've been missing. Yeah, look. You're you're 100% right. I think it seems to be better. Uncharted, I think, will be... I genuinely think it'll be a fun movie on its own it's not going to be uncharted level of the games or anything like that nor do i expect it to be but i don't i think they put a lot of time and money into it like i'm just surprised how much marketing's going into it it's on every bus that i see around here at the moment like on billboards it's everywhere so i'm just more like clearly yeah, they've, put, they've invested a lot into it they've got a these are this is an all-star cast mark Wahlberg and tom holland are huge actors right now you know, in terms of the industry, that's not a that's not mm. a small get. Tom Holland I mean, has just Mark been in the top Wahlberg five is... biggest movies of all time. Mark Wahlberg's an A list actor. What are you talking about? I mean, I'm not I'd saying say he's, he's a good actor. I'm not saying he's a good. What he's was the a- last? What was the last thing he was in? Ted. No, dude. But he also he's Ted a producer. Two. He produces like every movie you watch. 
Like Mark no, Wahlberg. What are you? Doesn't produce every movie I watch. You don't, you don't know. I'm gonna make Tyler really jealous right now because you know, while I was had the illustrious opportunity to fly through the Massachusetts airport, they have a burger chain restaurant, the Three Wahlberg Brothers. Yeah, look it up. Uh... I'm not kidding you. And I must tell you, prepare to be whelmed. <laughs> oh god yeah oh, that's god good i mean it's you... it is crazy how much they've put into uncharted though and this marketing of stuff it's kind of crazy how much they've done and the fact that national treasure will always be better than it is um you know that's yeah, a it's, you know, it's tough, huh? you know they've Nicolas tried cage. they've tried they've tried but nicholas cage will always have the crown for um yeah those treasure hunting films that's right yeah. you just it, don't, don't worry about indiana jones it doesn't exist it's national treasure is better um, it's <laughs> it's crazy going through mark Wahlberg's imdb and realizing how just like hit or miss he is he's either in a great movie or one of the worst <laughs> movies of all time like yeah the happening and then you've got the lovely bones they were a year apart the lovely bones is a fantastic movie and the happening is maybe one of the worst performances of from anyone I've ever seen. So it's ask, like though to like act opposite a plant, like that must be a hard. Well, the ask. wind. Like, is like, not I'm not an actor. <laughs> it's just the wind. It's it's unbelievable. But like, it's it, like he says yes to everything. He does say yes to everything. That's I think yeah. what's becoming clear from looking yeah. at this IMDb here is he just says yes to everything. You've got mm. mile twenty two. Don't think anyone saw that. I mean, Scoob. He was Scoob. Scoob. He wasn't Scoob. Lone Survivor. That was pretty intense. That was an intense movie. Um, Pain and Gain with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, Daddy's Home. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. Yeah. And Daddy's Home 2. Don't forget the sequel. Well, I can't forget Daddy's Home 2. Um, But if you haven't seen Shooter, Shooter's a genuinely a great action film from 2007. That's a great movie. Um, And hopefully we can say Uncharted. At least a decent Mark Wahlberg movie, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, we go fifty-fifty shot at this point. So it, it does. Yeah. It and can go one way or the other. Tom Holland's just released only two months ago. One of the like most well-received superhero films of all time. And in terms of its gross, it's in the top, I think, six. Oh no, five highest-grossing films of all time right now. Um, mm. So to go from that to Uncharted, you're hoping at least um, he can, you know. I don't know. It goes well. I hope it goes well. I think we're all on team on team hopeful. We're all on team. No, hopeful. I'm on team. I want it to be terrible. Well, yeah, that's, that's I want it to. Suck. I want Tom Holland to do well. I, I like Tom Holland as well. Well, Tom yeah. Holland's doing well, no matter what he does. I think Tom yeah. Holland's doing well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm so know. worried about him. He's really, yeah, he's, <laughs> I'm concerned. He's, he's making. What he's, if he he's can't Spider- pay rent plays, next month? Yeah, he plays makes movies playing Spider Man. He's dating Zendaya. I think he's having a tough time, and I really hope Uncharted goes. He is well. having a hard time with it. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be there for him best. in these in these unprecedented times for Tom. We Holland. have to be. Yeah, yeah, we have to he's, be. Because who else ho- will? You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> who else will? That's right. Um, but speaking of you know big movies coming out, there's also a movie. A little. It's also another indie film like Uncharted is um, called mm-hmm. The Batman. Now, oh yeah, that is a small film. That is a small film, small indie yeah. film. Um, now that's a good film, all right. If we're talking about films, <laughs> see that's the. I'm not. Uh, it doesn't film. look good to me. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you prefer Batfleck, I know, Tyler. I yeah, know. yeah. I'm a big fan of, of. No, actually, George Clooney's Batman's the one I really miss. I really. Feel oh like right, of course, of course, yeah. That. 
bat oh, credit sense. card and the bat nips. Uh, bat nips more classic. than anything. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of male nipples, um, personally. It's not a sexual yeah. thing. It's more of just like, it's a scientific thing for me. <laughs> Very academic. Yeah. I'm an academic person. I'm, I love to learn. Um, <laughs> so, but, yeah. so the Batman's yeah. coming out. Um, it is, yeah. There's been a few trails, obviously some trails over the last couple of weeks. Um, Ooh, the yeah. one thing that people were a bit uh, on was the was the art direction and the costume design for Riddler. Um, I'm not sure if Chili you saw that, but J- James, I know you've seen it. Uh, what's mm-hmm. your vibe right now? The scenes, the trailers, the the costumes. Are, are you vibing? Are you loving this this movie? I'm so vibing, far? man. Vibing. I am vibing with it. Everything sick. The 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 scene they put out uh, that was like in the it was was it a funeral or something? Yes, um, it was where like you've got something's happening outside but the shot it's like the 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 scene is always on bruce and you've got like his reaction to it and everyone inside of this this building until the car comes through and everything it's just like really good i just think it's just like solid like directing acting is brilliant like robert pattinson he's gonna he's just gonna fucking nail this i just know it um so i'm just yeah i'm I'm vibing with it all the posters look really really solid as well this is just it's got to be a good film it's just got to be if this film turns out bad i don't know what i'm gonna do honestly (laughs) probably i think this is what they just need to do is just make non-dcu batman or batman universe movies because like the ones that Mm -hmm. they i don't know like for my money, like the ones in the D, the, the whole DC is kind of just eh, t- in general, in my opinion. Yeah. That might be a hot oh, take yeah. for you guys. It's certainly oh, not. not we, at all. We, no. we are, we are, we are Marvel cucks. Take, a couple, yeah. You're talking to a couple of Marvel cucks over here. They absolutely <laughs> do not like DC. Yeah. yeah. But no. then you like you look at uh, like uh, talk about a movie that I thought was so powerful that I will probably never watch again was Joker. Um, yes, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, never see that. yeah. Solid film, yeah. Yeah, it's, but then so if you can continue making like movies like that that are that caliber that just involve Batman's like I, I'm here for it. So yeah, I'm mm-hmm. excited for the Batman. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's I, I'm just shocked that only ten years after the last Dark Knight trilogy film, we're getting a Batman that looks to be on that level of quality yeah. and thought yeah. and scale and different enough and its own take, but. In between that, we've had. It feels like, oh, finally, we've got a good Batman again. Like, it's, isn't that so weird to feel like? I mean, obviously, there's this one percent of weird people that are like, oh my god, I can't believe we didn't get to see that uh, James Bond style Ben Affleck Batman film that we obviously every Batman fan wanted for some reason. Lol. Um, yeah, but no. but we've got we've got this one and and Robert Pattinson. I mean, I never saw a Twilight film, so I I have not like I think everything I've seen him in, he's a phenomenal actor. Um, mm. But people that have seen Twilight go, no, how can you like? I'm like, well, I didn't see that. I didn't see. He that. also hates those films. Like he said, he's gone on record to say like he doesn't he doesn't like those Twilight films because they're bad. So mm. you know everything else he's been in, he's a he's a he's an incredible actor. So you know, I, I think it was like that. Oh, there was a lot of that cast in twilight that was really good that was just kind of trapped in this purgatory of of money that they just had to keep yeah. trudging through so i unfortunately have seen every twilight movie because when those were Jesus. coming out i was dating so yeah it's uh i'm so, so, I'm so sorry I'm yeah so sorry. yeah so yeah. that was uh the best part was there's this at the in the last movie there's like this massive battle and my girlfriend at the time was like this isn't in the book and everybody's like dying and freaking out i'm like wow this thing's actually doing something and then it was all a dream Wait, like, was it oh really? My is that, God. Yeah. That yeah. Ridiculous. Or sorry, a vision. But yeah, I'm like... Oh. Sounds like Zack Schneider's Justice League. 
<laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> I wish. I wish that was all a dream. There's there's also um, two big projects shows coming out on streaming services that are based in the universes of, I would say, the Bible of nerd culture, which is Star Wars and the Lord of the Rings. Mm. We have the Obi-Wan show and we have the Rings of Power Amazon Lord of the Rings show coming out this mm-hmm. year. Now, the other day, there were a huge amount of like character posts, too many posters. There was 24 posters, 23 posters, I believe, of character posters few, uh, yeah. of people's hands and costumes of their I torsos. like that, though. I like that because they're all the same poster. You know what I mean? It's not like... It's not like they've done 30 completely different posters. They're all, like, the same poster, the same teaser image, but it's showing, like, all the different races and factions in, like, you know, Middle-earth and... A woman holding some walnuts is not a faction to me. Uh, you've wasted you know the process. I mean, too many you know posters. I mean. too many posters. But it looks cool. It's like the Unidine's love for walnuts. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh... Chili, are you a big Lord of the Rings fan? Please tell me you're a Tolkien nerd like myself. Yeah, I got like a tattoo. You can't see it. Unfortunately, oh, I don't think no, I, 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 I can, can see, see it now. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh, we can see it. We can see you, yeah. Oh, why can't I, I see you guys? This is so weird. Anyway, but I, I mean, because we, I can't, yeah. Hang on, I'll, I'll show you mine because I've got one as well. Yeah, this is Wait, a, can you my turn Star your Wars on one record. in the middle, and then my Sun Spear from Game of Thrones, and then my Lord oh, of the Rings. Oh, that's sick. Oh, do you, is it, is it, is it the ring, um... Uh, riding is that what's on your on your wrist? It's not. No, it's part of the Aragorn poem. I, I wanted the section that said, oh. um, like, the crownless again shall be king. But then my tattoo artist is like, I found this other part. Then I'm gonna do this. So yeah, it's it's the all it's the real basic ass one that says not all those who wander are lost. Is that part of that one? It's like ah, dang it. But I wanted mm. the the latter part of that. Hang on, I'll um I'll, I'll turn my camera onto the Skype call. If that I don't know how that's gonna work. Um, I'm sitting come... all alone to myself. <laughs> Why is that not? I don't, I don't think, think it'll work. I can never oh. turn my camera on while I'm recording my camera. It just doesn't work. Oh, okay. Oh, That's oh, okay. But, you just I, you I, paint I me a word picture. It's, it's the same spot, uh, pretty much. It's on my wrist. It's Andoril, um, but but over Andoril is uh, the Even Star. Nice. As well, so it's all just one one nice. Picture. I'll send you. I'll send you a picture over of a dm or something but yeah, yeah no, no. I'm, I'm glad we've got another tolkien nerd mm. on the show oh this is oh this is so Perfect, fucking cool it? this is so awesome yeah actually if you see in the background here i'll turn my camera um there's the shards of narsil on my wall because this is where oh, i play oh, D as well God. so hard that's players, sick so. Wow, this yeah, is fantastic. I like this that. Is, this I like that We're not going to be talking about Horizon Forbidden West and at all. We're about to dive deep into into, <laughs> into the Silmarillion and and what this show is going to be about. Talk oh. about some deep lore, dear yeah. God. Oh God. Well, I know who I'm getting back on the show when this show's coming out. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll uh, know more about Lord of the Rings by then because I don't know as nearly as much as you do. Yeah, well, you just need to read all of the books. Um, it's, Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, though, as much as I love, like, Lord of the Rings, The Silmarillion is a dry, dry read. It is, like... I feel like you get used to it, though. It takes a while, but once you're in, you're in type thing. Yeah, I mean, you're when you love the content and you're hearing about, like, the armies of Balrogs and, you know, the Shelob's mom and stuff, you're like, oh, this is really great. But, yeah, it's 
Ooh, every once in a while, Tolkien says something like, if I could only tell you about the gold, it's like, you're, you're telling me you're, you're writing a story. You can tell me there's no budget here. Like, I've got a word count. I've got a word count and I got to stick to it. So <laughs> editor's going to have me head for this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. But just like the fall of Numenor and like to, to see that'll go down and Sauron's fall and re-rise and fall again. Like that story, I can't wait to see how they do that. And yeah, I'm glad it, it's, it's a series. Yes. Yes, I am too. Other than the fact that I'm only excited for season one because it was filmed in New Zealand and then they've moved. And now oh, I'm just like no. terrified. Yeah, yeah no, they, they moved. moved. So season, season two is not going to be filmed in New Zealand, they've said. They filmed in England. Yes, so yeah. there we go. Yeah. Everyone well. knows New Zealand is Middle Earth. That's, that's the yeah. bottom line. That we no, do that's know. It. Mm. That we do know. Um, it's, yeah, it's, 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 <sighs> it just makes me so upset. Like everything's there, and like you can even surely they'll let you use all the sets that are there. Like Hobbiton's there; it's yeah, it's, it's permanently it's, there. It's permanently there. It's it's beautiful. It's like the coolest place on earth. Like mm-hmm. there's so I don't know. Not the not the obviously Hobbiton to be fair in the show. I mean, you might like at the end, like depending on where they end. I assume they'll end the show um, with the Alliance of Men and Elves fighting Sauron. You ass- where the Lord of the Rings begins. You assume that. But who knows how many years this show goes for and what it covers. But um, in terms of, I guess, just the posters and you see costumes and, and art style and props and stuff, what's what's the vibe, Chili, that you're getting from this as a Tolkien nerd? How are you feeling right now about the show? I'm feeling optimistic. It's one of those things where, man, it's... The the way it, it's... I, I'm, all, I'm, I'm nervous as well, though, because, you know, you for somebody who loves Lord of the Rings as much as I do, and then that had that fulfilled so much on screen where it actually lived up to the hype, which so little things do when you have three Oscar-nominated masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as long as they uh, go in there and I don't want to say like have the proper respect for it, but just success leaves clues. So don't try to just totally rework the the formula of how what made the cinematic versions of these uh, stories so good. Just like learn from them and take it from them. And um, I think luckily they'll have the budget <laughs> to make everything oh, you know God. really shine. But yeah. uh, I think the the time period that they're choosing is right because it's funny. Like the the third age is actually like the most tame out of like all of them. Like oh, when, I know. It, when you go back and you look at like the, the insane things that happened before uh they yeah it's just it's such a I, i'm here for it i'm excited what sorts of characters do you expect to see that i guess the fans of the films that whether it's the hobbit or lord of the rings or both or everything or whatever that you you think will make appearances do you think we're going to see the elrons and galadriels and even like you'd expect an isildur to, to show up eventually as well, obviously. But what sort of characters do you reckon will make it in and, and won't? Oh, that's, that's, it's really, it's, it's kind of also where, where do you choose to tell the story, right? Because a lot of what happens, even in Lord of the Rings is so geographical. Like, um, I personally would have loved a spinoff series of what happens, like, you know, it's what that video game, the war in the North tackles, but, um, 
with the with Sauron and people like Dane Ironfoot and and, and people like that, where you kind of just get like an insulary glance of what's going on. He'll like write a small section You're like, I want to know all about that. So it, depending on where the story takes place in Middle Earth, I think is going to have a lot to do with who is there. So it's oh, man, that's going to be hard to to pin down. Obviously, you know, this is like the one of the highest points of the elven civilization. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I'm always down to see more dwarves. Um, that's that's my uh, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. That's now my mind is racing like too fast. <laughs> yeah, I I certainly think like we're, I mean, there's dwarves in the post. We'll, we're going to see a bit. I think we're definitely going to see a bit of everything. Really delve into Middle Earth and its expansiveness and explore um, different races more than maybe have been seen before, and that'll be really exciting, especially of the elves. Because, of course, in The Lord of the Rings, that was sort of the end of their time in Middle-earth. So, we didn't get... You see them, you know, you know, I guess, if you call it magic, ability, like, you, you see certain things they can do compared to, like, men or dwarves, even. Um, but there's a lot more that's never explored on the film side of things that I think could definitely be explored, you know... Uh, in this during the second age um, where this show's mainly going to be set but I think as well it'll be a lot of time and I think the most time is probably going to be spent in Numenor and on the Numenorians and and their impact on Middle-earth because yeah obviously it's it's them and their ancestors that built a lot of what we see within Middle-earth like a uh, Minas Tirith and uh, Helm's Deep what eventually became like the the kingdoms of Gondor so, uh, yeah. I think there'll be a lot of focus on that and how that links in. I really do wonder what they're going to do from a cinematic side of things to address like the wizards, because you can't yes. recast. Like, I'm not sure how it'd feel if you recasted. You know, there's like Ian McKellen, and obviously you'd have to recast. You know, the late great Christopher Lee, who's just amazing. Um, yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they're essentially immortal beings, so they're there. <laughs> um, but I wonder how much their story is oh. going to be touched on. Yeah, the, yeah, that's you're 100 right, and I know uh, as well. But I guess at, at different times because I know there's like 1500 years where, for no explan explanation that Tolkien gave, Saruman and the two blue wizards were just in the east. Yeah, like 1500 uh, years and there was no east. reason why they were there <laughs> yeah they're just in the east they spent 1500 years there what are they doing we just don't know so i guess like, like you, you may just not show them you know yeah. you, you may just never have them in there and but yeah i'm with you it would be so weird to see someone else playing gandalf especially when Ian mckellen even said he's like he would be heartbroken if he watched a show and found out there was a gandalf that wasn't him because he would come back and do yeah. it bring him back why wouldn't you that's a shame too because i would love to know more about the blues honestly because those are like we got a little bit of radagast even though i didn't love his treatment in the hobbit of what they did for him with the the bird crap in his hair and stuff but aside <laughs> from that you know i'd like to know more about the blues and even if they you have to elaborate on it a little more because i think they're probably the two that are like the least fleshed out yeah yeah definitely definitely I, i'd definitely be interested to see them um and, and what they could do there but i also think there's almost some things that's like look if you're not entirely sure what you want to do with them just don't do it don't like you know like if you're not 100 percent on you're like we've got a great idea for these characters and and how it can work just just don't do it if you hesitate yeah. um but there's there's a lot to be excited for i think um but i for me 
as a Lord of the Rings fan, as a Tolkien fan, I'm just going to enjoy the build-up that I get to talk to people about the lore and Lord of the Rings again, and it's a, a topical thing again, up until the show comes out. And then if the show's bad, well, you know, I've, yeah, it's... it's and we'll all it cry, and it'll be okay. We'll, we'll, well get through it. my best friend and I have a suicide pact together if the show sucks. That's that's what we've, we've made. Um, that's what we had to do. That's what we had to do. Um, but that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, but the, in terms of... Um, Star Wars, there's also the Obi-Wan show that apparently, um, according to the Hollywood Reporter, is dropping in May. And we haven't even yeah. seen a trailer for it yet. Um, Wild, yeah. We know they finished filming mid to uh, sec, uh, first half of last year. Um, so they've had you know plenty of time for post-production, especially in the way they film these Disney shows. It's uh, They film it in that sort of screen theater type thing, so it's actually a lot less almost effects that uh, maybe used to have been needed for that type of stuff but uh what's the feelings of like we've seen nothing of this show uh, do you reckon they're just going to really keep it quiet and then be like here's a massive drop of information and it's about to come out like we obviously know the cast we know that um that hayden christensen's back and vader's in it and there's a big fight between him and obi-wan again um, do we believe that May is the time it's dropping or is that just too soon? We haven't seen anything. Maybe that's when a trailer drops. Like what's the thought there? Um, I think, I think it could drop in May. I think it could. I think it, it might be one of those shows they want to keep a little bit more low key. Um, and then just like drop a trailer in like, you know, February, March time or something. And then just be like, it's coming out in May. They don't want to show a huge great deal of it because you know you've got Ewan McGregor you've got Hayden Christensen it's going to be a big show no matter what they do maybe it's something they just want to do I mean how many trailers were there for the book of Boba Fett like I don't know because I don't keep up with Star Wars anymore but I feel like that show didn't have like a lot of trailers but did it? the book of Boba Fett is not the same as Ewan McGregor coming back but and that, yeah but that's, back that's what I'm saying but that's what I'm saying but that's what I'm saying they need one trailer and everyone they've got everyone like I feel like that's you know they don't need to do a whole lot of marketing for something like that with an Obi-Wan show and you know yeah. Darth Vader's in it and stuff like that I feel like you can do very little marketing and and do well with it it also um, might be due to the fact that they, they're not because the one thing about like the Mandalorian, even though they had press, they really did a good job of keeping the reveals in that show under wraps. So if there's any kind of big revelations that they're trying to keep kind of to themselves and stop leaks from coming out, they might want to just kind of have their brief little press junket and then move straight into the actual show coming out. It might be mm. a different, especially with streaming. I'm sure advertising is so much different um, than how they would approach like a cinematic release or something like that. So it, because at that point, that you can get the instant gratification. So if you pump out like, hey, guess what? This is dropping next week. Then you have like, oh my gosh, it's not like I have to move around my schedule to buy a movie ticket. You can buy the subscription service right now. So I'd be interested to see like the metrics and like how they're going to determine what the best marketing strategy is to get people on streaming platforms opposed to like buying a ticket to go see something. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's true. It does create a totally different way to go about that. Yeah, and I feel like because with like with like films, you want to build up to it so people can be like building it up and then they buy the ticket. Whereas with streaming services, it's like if you drop something straight away, it's like what's going to get someone to buy like a subscription to a streaming service more than there being content on the streaming service? Like nothing else. As if you drop a thing like on the streaming service, people are going to be like, "Well, I'm I'm now I'm going to buy it because I want to watch the thing." So maybe that does work a little bit better. 
Yeah. No, it's uh, I'm I'm a bit I don't know. I'm a little I'm a, I'm not worried. I'm just a little like I don't know what's going on here if it does drop in May. I just feel like we should have seen even just a teaser because usually they do these things like six months out. That is a little teaser for it or whatever. But you're right. Maybe it's just they're just going about a different way. They feel like they want to focus their campaigns. They've got so many shows that come out now. These big ones right now. They want to focus on Boba Fett. Like I've, maybe it'll be as soon as the finale drops. I'll be like, all right, now we can start the campaign for the next Star Wars show yeah. type thing. Like, the same way they sort of do with Marvel. Like, yeah, like with Marvel. Like when did we see? Like what was the last show we got on Marvel? It was Hawkeye. It was Hawkeye. When did we see that? When did we see that first trailer? It was, it it was around the time when What If was coming out, which is the last show in yeah, between yeah. it type thing. What so a good series that was. was. Yeah. Which one? What, what If or Hawkeye? Did you really like What If? I didn't watch it. I did. I thought it was like... I it was watched one of those a couple episodes. episodes but well, that's the thing. You, you go into it thinking it's going to be like this random anthology series, and then it's not. Like the, I don't want to get yeah. too much into spoilers, but the payoff at the end was pretty, pretty nuts. Okay. I'll probably go back at some point because a couple of the episodes I did like, like the Doctor Strange episode, focused episode, I thought was really cool. Um, the Avengers one that was like um, that sort of did like a different sort of route of the Avengers, I thought was really fun. Um, even the zombies one I thought was kind of cool, mainly because it had like a really nice moment for Spider Man. Um, but I sort of just tuned out of it. I guess I had too much going on, but it's something that I want to go back and watch at some point, just because. I think I went in there with incredibly low expectations as well. Like, it was just, it was mm-hmm. like I'd watched Hawkeye, and then it's like, oh, this series is out. And then I, I watched that, and I was like, oh, snap. Okay, I'm here for this. Okay. Mm. Yeah, see, I watched it as it came out. So it was like week to week. So I just, I just kind of forgot about it, like after like three or four episodes. That's fair. Um, I should explain, like, I never watch things episodically anymore. I will hold off until the whole series is out, and then I will binge right. it from beginning to end. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, I, I just right. there's certain shows I can't wait for. Like, I went, there's not a chance in hell I'm waiting what six weeks to watch Obi Wan. Like, I will watch that shit the minute it drops on Disney Plus. The minute it mm-hmm. drops on Disney Plus, there's just certain things I just can't wait for. And I actually really enjoy. Like, I love being able to binge shows, but I also love the balance that there are shows that are week to week. I love the you watch it, you go to work the next day. Oh, did you see that episode of Game of Thrones? Like the Game of Thrones effect. Like that yeah. was such a big show that you would talk to your friends for the whole week about it during that period of time, and then be like, "Oh, tonight is tonight is on." I can't wait to get home, and we'll you know, Game of Thrones is on, or Obi Wan's on. Mm-hmm. Like those sorts of shows. Like I love the week to week effect of the bigger, bigger, like bigger that, yeah. shows, but I do like the balance as well because I love that we have both in certain things. So, but Obi Wan's yeah, a big yeah. enough show that I'm keen to like come on podcast be like oh that last episode was crazy like what do you reckon is going to happen next week um but that's that's just me i just can't i i can't wait for things that when i'm excited that it's just Mm -hmm. it's too much it's too much i think as well yeah that's right i think with like obi-wan i think it's quite a testament to how much i i guess i guess it's nostalgia but i really don't like star wars anymore i'm just not into it but i am really excited for obi-wan I'm just like very excited to see Hugh McGregor again, to see you know to have Hayden Christensen back again, and see where they take this story. And like, I didn't like the Mandalorian. I know that's probably a hot take because everyone loves the Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm the, I'm, the, like, I'm the same. Yeah, James and I are like I the only like two people in the world one. that didn't like it. I didn't. Really? I didn't really? watch season wow. two. Okay. I've not, not watched Boba Fett. Like, I just don't. I just don't yeah. like Star Wars anymore. I just don't think I'm on the same page as most Star Wars fans for like what I want from my Star Wars. Like the last, you know, the last Jedi is the last film I actually really liked like really liked long term 
that God. is like Star Wars. I don't know. That's like the only thing I've really liked recently that's been like... Because I just think cause it's so different and it tries to do something new and like it delves into like the lore and mythology. And I think it reminds me a lot of like some of the stuff they did in Rebels um, where they did like um, like with the like the meaning behind the Force and things like that. I quite like that stuff. Um, but I am really looking forward to Obi-Wan. I'm looking forward to seeing Hugh McGregor again and just seeing where they take it and what they do with the stories and like where they can go with this i think it's going to be fun and i think it's because it delves into my childhood to be like to see you know people i saw as a kid back in star wars i think it's going to do something for me so um yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure yeah i'm excited i i i did like the mandalorian which is apparently a hot take on this show <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah but uh so. i think it's i just think that the disney plus star wars stuff is doing better because it has an overall like it, it has at least one person it kind of has like its own kevin feige effect of like hey we need to hit these story beats over the series and then we can kind of move on where like I, I i do get what i i as a person who loves star wars there was a certain part of me that like really didn't like last jedi however i do feel it should have one best picture over um rise of skywalker <clears throat> but um there's <laughs> it's that much of a despair i don't even get me started on that movie but um, <laughs> yeah yeah uh but i do get the fact that it's like yeah we're gonna try doing different things like this movie isn't about people going to a big ball and blowing it up um like there's a uh, yeah i i am enjoying the disney plus series so i am optimistic for for obi-wan mm-hmm. and plus i love ewan mcgregor because he's just a treasure yeah for sure for sure um, all right. Does Tyler like the the Rise of Skywalker? Is that what just happened? Oh, 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 no, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. I I no, I like it. I like. I think it's. I think it's fine. But I do. I don't I like, like. I don't like. I like some things about it. it I don't really like. Over time, it, my favorite like, of the new of the sequels is The Force Awakens. That's fair. That's my, that. my favorite. That's is my is the Last Jedi, and everyone hates me for it. Well, like, actually, oh, do you count Rogue One in that category? Because I love Rogue One. James, oh, I hate Rogue, Rogue One. One. <laughs> oh, I hate Rogue One so much. It has like one good scene it. at the end with Darth Vader, Vader, but the rest of the movie is so bad. See, I, see, I like I like Rogue One. Well, I, I, I love Rogue One. So yeah. oh, it, it looks nice. It's very pretty, but I I just yeah. I just think the movie itself is just really weak. But no, yeah, I, 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 that's old news. Yeah, I like I like Rogue One. I like the four, like the first two years when Force Awakens came out, and then Rogue yep. One came out. I was like, fuck yes, I was just yeah, fucking I was awesome. Here for it, yeah. And then the last show came out, and I was like, this that was shit. And then what was the the Han Solo? I was like, that was Han average. Solo, that yeah. was just average. It was, was fine. Yeah, I, I think that was wildly inoffensive. I, I was like, eh, it was fine. Yeah. But everybody was yeah. still hating on the Last Jedi so much. It was yeah. yeah. It was sort of it sort of killed so much of a buzz. And then the Rise of Skywalker came in. I was like, look, I liked that better than the Last Jedi. And like they did the best they could, but it's still like the whole thing was just fucked. That's how I sort of feel about the whole thing, anyway. Like I, mm. when I look at the sequel trilogy, all I go is like, I just love one character story from beginning to end and everyone else can pretty much fuck off and that's Ben Solo, that's Kylo Ren, everyone else can pretty much fuck off in, in all of in all of yeah. it, including the old characters, including Luke, Leia, Han, everyone can fuck off bar yeah. Kylo Ren. Like, you didn't like the of... part where uh, Princess Leia, like, Mary Poppins her way back out of space into the spaceship? It's like... Um, look, personally, <laughs> personally, not my vibe. Not yeah. my vibe. I actually like it. I actually like yeah, it. Yeah, but, but James, we know you're a 
fucking idiot. So no, that's what we I do. Like like do. I like, I like you're, do you're all just that. don't get it. You're all typical Star Wars fans. You like seeing Tatooine and Stormtroopers. I get it. Yeah. Oh, is that, your brain is, is. You have half a brain. I get it. Yeah. You don't get. What, you don't get the profound magic of yeah. Leia. Yeah. flying across space. Profound right? magic. Is that what you think no, of with, with Star Wars? No, is it I, profound magic? No, no. What no? What I like about that scene is not how it looks or how it's done. I just like the idea of Leia using the Force. I just thought it was like really cool, but like I understand why people think like that scene. Oh, and I'm not with like, half I, the I brain, it. am I? I just think like, it's cool I someone it. to see someone it. use the Force. No, oh, no, no, no. I just, no, no, no. Cock. I just liked, I just liked seeing Leia like, oh, you think she's dead and then she's like, oh, shit powerful for she's a skywalker like it's it's like that aspect of it is kind of cool but it's almost like something taken out of a comic and put on like like it's live action like from a comic that's almost how it feels like if it were in a comic or like a cartoon it'd probably be really sick but because it's live action it looks fucking like can you say that sentence and, again like, and then punch yourself you know I mean. in the face can you say that sentence again and then punch yourself in the face shut the fuck up you like the fucking rise of skywalker <laughs> 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 Oh, this is a healthy uh, relationship that we have, James. Yeah, we um, love each other. Yeah, I love you, man. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're going for over an hour. What else do you have uh, to talk about? Oh, we, that was it. We've, we could go to Horizon. Wow. Horizon. <laughs> that's why yeah. we're here. Yep. I forgot yes. that's why we're here. To be fair, like, Chili over here is a fucking expert in Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. I'm like, do we have to talk about anything else but those two things? Let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> Let's be honest with ourselves. That quick fire topic was over an hour, so... Um, yeah, ama- well amazing. done. Amazing. Woo! Yeah. Okay. Just amazing. I'm going to calm down after that. Um, <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West. It comes mm-hmm. out in, at the time of recording, in a, less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. A week and a half from days. when this comes out. It's unbelievable. Five years in the making. I think we're. it's pretty safe to say we're all very hyped about it and have very positive feelings going to, going into this um but truly i want to go to you first um horizon and west thought general just to start us off thoughts feelings and what the franchise means to you with and and what you want to see once it's all said and done um what do you want this game to deliver in terms of the horizon universe and as a video Ooh, game overall that is a that is a it's big a, big, it's big start question. yeah um you know, I think part of the thing that made Horizon so good was just the mysteries that it left. So obviously, I'd love to have some of those paid off. Like um, one of the pivotal things that I've been thinking about, like with my tinfoil hat for like five years, is the origin of the transmission that caused everything to happen, and for Gaia to have to like um, mm. kind of go nuclear on herself, um, kind of figure out where that started. Um, I have theories about. Uh, the original glitch that caused the Pharaoh Swarm to devour the world in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd just love to see some of those paid off, but also um, ideally have some th- saved for like a third game. I-, I would I would like that. I would like another game in the series, make it a full, well-rounded trilogy. And I think just as far as like the, the world building that they did, there's so many different directions they could take. Like, did, did you guys play, Go- I think both of you guys played Ghost of Tsushima, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like my low key hope is that we get like a legends mode for Horizon at some point down the line. Like that would be everything to me. (laughs) That'd be fun, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that I would like to see out of this game, but ultimately uh, it looks really fun to play. The the graphics look insanely good. Um, I, I just really am interested to see. 
uh, yeah, just a couple of the big questions that have been bugging the community for a long time to just kind of get some some clarification on that. And a couple of the Gaia casts, because Gorilla came out with these uh, podcasts for, with the devs that made the game. They've offered us a couple really kind of big revelations. But overall, I'm yeah, I, I would just love to see one or two of those really big questions uh, get paid off. And there's a couple things in some of the trailers that I think kind of hint towards uh, um some pretty big reveals in this next game. Is there anything that you're concerned about in terms of, is there anything you've seen from this game that you're like, I'm not sure if that's the direction. I'm not, I'm worried that it'll do this type thing. If it's aliens, I'm going to freak out. I am going to lose my freaking mind i will i will be so irritated i'm not gonna lie like because people are like oh you know these look so alien I'm like if because they, there was such good writing and good story in the first one so if they totally just bail out like it was aliens the whole time i so yeah there's no way surely not yeah that's in the pit of my stomach that's like <laughs> the, my worst fear realized but you know luckily um the first game earned a lot of trust with me. Uh, I think the the only knock that you can give it, you can give this a lot with any kind of um, first player, or sorry, um, single player RPGs, is that the replayability is a bit rough. Um, so if you can find ways, like uh, there's an arena mode in this, which will be really cool, that has like an online ranking that you can go in and kind of compete that way. So keeping things fresh, you know, I'd love to see some DLC for that, but just ways to keep the story going after you've completed the main kind of arc of Aloy throughout the whole game. So for me, that would be great. And the only thing that really makes me nervous um, would be if the gameplay isn't fun. I think that's because you could have the best story in the world, but ultimately the medium that you're telling it in is a video game. So the gameplay has to be fun. And they're taking some big swings in this. Like they're adding um, different ways to grapple and move around. And so as from as many things as they're keeping the same, they are stretching their legs, which I think is good overall, but there is some risk with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I never even considered aliens. And that wasn't even a thought that's ever come to my head. Is, is, is it a theory you've come up with or have people no. mentioned it to you? No, it is not a theory that I've come up with. It is, it is, it is a, it comes up every once in a while, but it is a, a minor thought process that there's a, a contingent of the lore fans that think it's aliens. And I, I every time I'm just like, oh, please don't just. In, in what way? Like, what aliens are the ones that created the robots, or aliens are the ones that, like, destroyed the planet? Like, yeah, like, the aliens are the ones that destroyed the planet that sent the glitch to wipe life out. Right. And, um, right. and potentially aliens sent the transmission that kind of awoke Gaia subfunctions. Uh. But um, I think there's just a lot more clever and in-game things. You know, I've had theories about it before. Some of them have kind of, especially with new information that's come out, have been either... Um, kind of gone down my list as uh, possibilities. Some have risen that I think are probably far more likely. Um, I, I think I have kind of a prediction as far as what I think the total situation is happening is, but um, but it's been interesting to kind of get some insular information. But if it's not aliens, I'll be very pleased. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. Yeah, definitely. You've, yeah, you've just, bad. I, I thought it was, I had no concerns in that front and now I do. Um, that's sort of where <laughs> I'm at. That's sort of where I'm at with that. This is, um, there's some anxiety to... for you there, Tyler. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm riddled with it at all times. So it's just great to have more. I always welcome and embrace <laughs> of more of it in my life. Um, so that's, that's exciting. Yep. Um, James, what about you? How, before we get into any concerns you have, what are your sort of positive 
like general thoughts going into Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, I think um, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I think the gameplay looks like it's retaining enough of the core gameplay of Zero Dawn that made it so engaging. I've seen a lot of people like, I mean, on my video about Horizon Zero Dawn, the unexpected success, so many people said to me the one thing they didn't like was the gameplay, and I felt found that was strange because I really love the gameplay of Horizon Zero Dawn. I think the like the amount of weapon variety and the way you use that against different machines and their weaknesses and components you got to like shoot off or like whatever you might do like tying them down like there's so much to it that like, I think is like so compelling and engaging that like keeping that core but adding like new weapons, new machines that have different components and weaknesses like just ups it to another level and like the way that they've incorporated melee combat um with like human enemies and like the way they've got like armor pieces and stuff and like you've got to like combine that with the moves you use and the combos and like you know your different special abilities and stuff i think is really really cool it's one of the main things like i thought that horizon zero dawn lacked was like a compelling sort of engaging melee combat system and it looks like they've really really done a lot with that in forbidden they've even got the melee Um, arenas in there now as well i think that's how confident mm -hmm. they are about the melee combat they've literally made it a whole gameplay feature that you can spend time in yeah, well, it looks like they've do- they're doing a lot in, in... It looks like Horizon Zero Dawn, but they've sort of addressed a lot of the issues from it by, like, making it a lot better, adding some new things you maybe didn't think you needed, um, taking us to a new area. I think, I think, like, some of the stuff that I would love to see is, like, I loved... I mean, I didn't watch a lot of the marketing for Zero Dawn, so when I first played it, everything was sort of a surprise. Like, the only stuff I saw was, like, like snow and woodland. And so when I got out into, like, the area where, like, Meridian is, I was like, this is insane. I didn't expect to see any of this. And, like, coming across the city for the first time, like, riding across that bridge on, like, your machine and, like, seeing the city, like, that was amazing. I would love to see more built-up areas to see what, like, what areas of the world maybe have more sort of structures in them and city areas and, like those sort of stuff i think that'd be really cool to see like what different areas of the world are like because there was a lot of like medieval influence almost in horizon zero dawn with like kings and like kingdoms and like castles and things i'd love to see what like the area we're traveling to is like in comparison to um zero dawn but i think overall um it looks like horizon zero dawn but it's a sequel to it you know like you would see in like the 2010s with sequels like an assassin's creed brotherhood where it's like you know you take ac2 and you make a better game you take horizon zero dawn and you're making a better game with it so a true sequel i, think, I feel like true yeah, sequels true don't happen sequel. enough um like an arkham city to an arkham asylum like i'm just i'm very confident in this game i think that most of it from what we've seen looks really really strong so I, I'm, I'm i'm pretty sold on it yeah and do you have any concerns is there anything that stands out to you that you're like uh i'm a bit worried um i think my only concern that i ever had before i mean we've seen a little bit of like from the story trailer now which is quite interesting but i think the only thing i like sort of was concerned with was like horizon zero dawn was based a lot in mystery and like figuring out like what was the zero dawn project what was the relation of what's even this world as well and like yeah what was who were the old ones and like why are the machines here and why are they getting aggressive and like what's this all about and like you sort of figure it all out and i was sort of worried that going into uh, forbidden west we wouldn't have enough mystery to propel us forward and we'd sort of be more dealing with the immediate concerns of like particular tribes or political figures or armies or whatever and less to do with like the ancient history but i think from the story trailer that we've seen it looks like the ancient history is again very prominent in this game so i'm quite confident in that now but that was like the only thing that i was really concerned with before we sort of got a little bit of that in the story trailer so i'm not too worried about that anymore though that was i'm with you that was my main concern 
the, this whole time has been. We did get like obviously there are some you know still some mysteries um, and, and things that we want answered, but the big mystery wasn't just about the old ones necessarily in in Zero Dawn. The big mm-hmm. mystery was when you jump into the world for the first time, you actually don't know anything. You don't know anything about this world. Like the beautiful part about the first playthrough is, look, I'm I'm in in terms of the gameplay is fun. This character's cool, and I and like I, I wonder who this woman's mother is. Like, what what's her origins? But then you're like, but also like, what's this world? What's a world that has robot dinosaurs? Like, is this post apocalyptic? Like, you don't know anything, and all of that you sort of learn. And I guess like you can never have that again. So it's sort of letting that part go. That that's you're not going to get that from Forbidden West. You can't because you already know the world. This isn't the first time you've been in the world. We're coming back mm-hmm. again. But what mystery can we delve into? My thing has always been the most important part of Horizon Forbidden West is going to be the first hour and a half. The first hour and a half doesn't give us that reason that you're like, oh, I have to continue. I need to see where this story goes. This is, it's gripped me. They've set something up here to make this game its own story that, yes, connects to the first game and hopefully will then continue on to another sequel. But it's got its own narrative that any game needs in and of itself Mm -hmm. that that gives you a reason to, to move forward. And for me... I know a lot of people disagree, but my prime example of a sequel that I think needed to happen was The Last of Us Part 2. But within that first hour and a half was so spectacular. I've never had more of a reason to me to be like, I need to keep playing because I need, spoilers, I need a fucking, I need revenge. I need to fucking kill these people. I've never been so like, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm so enthralled and motivated by this story. I need to continue on. That's how I felt with The Last of Us Part 2. So... I don't expect maybe that level, but like in Forbidden West, I'd love that, like something to happen majorly in the first uh, part of the game that gets you into it. The same way the opening of Zero Dawn's like, okay, you see how the sort of birth of Aloy and you're like confused, like, I want I want to know more about this character I'm playing. I want to know more about this world. And, you know, why why is she an outcast? Why is Ross an outcast? There's just enough questions to, to push you forward that continue to give you even more. And I just want the same thing to happen here. So, mm-hmm. um that first hour and a half is certainly to me the most important um but mm-hmm. it, I, again i think the story trailer really turned me around to a lot of things because everything just felt so far away with all the other trailers i'm like yeah cool scene gameplay but i haven't been gripped yet by the hype for the story but that story trailer really um pushed me i've got one question though from that story trailer we had a particular character that looked like I don't know if she looked like an AI or not, but then I've seen another trailer from the voice actress and she's got a name. I think it starts with T, I forget. Um, Tilda. And then it sort of looks human. Tilda sort of looks human <laughs> and, and there. What, like, Chili, do you know much about Tilda? Like, what can you tell us about this character in Forbidden West? So they've purposely left this character pretty mysterious for obvious reasons. <clears throat> There's kind of like two purveying thoughts that. I have for her. Um, I'll tell you the one that I think is less likely first, which um, if you guys remember, and like I said, Horizon does this thing where it really just leaves um, these interesting, like within the data points, there are just these small details that could have wide sweeping ramifications. And a big one is the Odyssey project. And I'm not sure if you guys are overly familiar with the Odyssey project, but it originally started off in the 20, 
40s as a way for humans to um, colonize a planet beyond our solar system because the planet was facing the worst, like a cataclysmic climate crisis, which is almost too real. But um, moving past <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that project got scrapped, but then it got picked up um, later on by this company or this future consortium called Far Zenith. And it worked alongside Zero Dawn um, to kind of meet the goals uh, for both exoplanet colonization and for what Zero Dawn would eventually become. Like the Odyssey supplied the birthing pods that they would use to repopulate the planet through Eleuthia. They had an alpha build of Apollo that was um, going to be used on the original Odyssey, which allowed Apollo to be built before. So there's this kind of theory that um, even within the lore, they say that telemetry indicated that um, they suffered a catastrophic failure as they were attempting to leave the solar system and that everything on the colony ship was lost. Like the 200,000 zygotes, the, uh, the Apollo, and, and everything was lost. However, a lot of people don't believe that that's what happened. And so there's a possibility that um, over the past thousand years or so, between Zero Day and Aloy's present, uh, that succeeded. And now these humans that were able to learn of the past and are essentially a thousand years more advanced than we are right now um, have now come back and Tilda is one of those people. So that's... Um, Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> that's interesting. Wow, okay, yep. So, so that aliens. is... Yeah, <laughs> right, so but aliens <laughs> that are also us. Yes, that makes... I'm, I'm more okay with mm -hmm. that. Right, you'd be yeah, more okay yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, that's so essentially that theory yeah. boils down to the Odyssey succeeded. They're now coming back to uh, Earth, probably thinking that they would be meeting other people with a similar level of you know advancement and in intelligence. Um, but without Apollo, they come back to this tribal world, and they're obviously very confused. And Tilda's one of those people. Um, what I think is happening, and I think the interview. Um, with the actress has been purposely misleading the, the interview with Trinity. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Moss, I want to say her name is, but yeah. Um, Carrie Ann Moss, yeah. Carrie Ann Moss, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. And what I think is happening is, is this. So during this time where the earth was being ravaged by this climate crisis, um, in the early 2040s, uh, an artificial intelligence was developed called Vast Silver. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Vast Silver at all. And I wouldn't blame you if you weren't, because it's I'm literally not. brought up in like three data points in the whole game. I feel like I've <laughs> heard it, but like I'm not in, in enough. To know yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I, which I totally get. So just <laughs> bear with me here. So. Um, Vast Silver I love was, this. This is yes. so. This is why you're on. This I, I, I wanted to know. This this is the stuff yeah. I want. Exactly. Um, yeah. So Vast Silver was a climate intervention AI um, that was created to presumably make it so the events of the die-off, which is the climate crisis, would never happen again. Um, but it reached a level of sentience that was far greater than they had ever anticipated before. And um, Vast Silver, in quotes, uh, escaped um, for about a year. And mm -hmm. Vast so no, nobody knows what happens with the AI in that year. Um, and it was eventually recaptured. Um, but we're kind of given hints to the fact that Vast Silver, for whatever reason, was almost afraid of something. 
and it, it left and it did whatever it was and official reports say it was recaptured about a year later um but it's an interesting note that i believe it was in oh God, this is i'm gonna lose all my horizon cred uh and March 3rd of 2063. If you don't I know think. the hour, are you even <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the, to the hour, honestly? Yeah, at approximately 12 noon uh, <laughs> Pacific time, um, it pops up. Something claiming to be Pap, uh, Vast Silver pops up on this basically what is a, ch a chat room of a hollow horror series, just like just appears. So they give a purposeful like bit of lore that says there, there's probably more to Vast Silver than meets the eye. So you have potentially an AI that is just as sentient, just as powerful as Gaia um, that has been existing for a thousand years um, and has remained unaccounted for in that time. Um, so there's these machines in Horizon called multi-servitors, which um, exist within cradle facilities. They were like the robotic caregivers that took care of like a fledgling population. Um, and even though they were really limited in their functionality, they looked very human. So for my money, a super highly advanced AI would probably have no problem hacking into one of those things to appear human. And so so if I was to to make a bet right now, I think Tilda, this this woman, in quotes, um, that we see at the end of the game is most likely in some kind of manifestation, the AI vast silver is what I would say. Mm. Wow. That's fucking interesting. I, I love Horizon so much. I fucking love this lore. Like, this is the kind of shit I need. I'm so glad this game exists because yeah. this is like it scratches that itch. Like it's the, it's very like I mean to fucking to not to bring it back to Assassin's Creed. You game, are gonna I know you're gonna do this. I'm gonna, gonna do gonna it again. Fucking but do this. The, I mean when you when you play through like an Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and you get all the lore of like the first civilization and stuff and it's also like just in depth and interesting. Like Horizon scratches that itch for me, but almost goes further. Like it does more. It's like got so much more to it. Like well, it's, it's just, better. So it's when yeah. like when I played Horizon Zero Dawn, it was like everything I needed. It was like all the stuff I love in stories and lore and 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 and, and the the history and stuff like that. I just oh, I love it so much. It's so fucking interesting. Yeah, it's like all these things for real. I, like anybody who doesn't know, like I'm never going to be that jerk who's like, how did you know it? It's literally mentioned in three data points that have nothing to do with quests. You yeah. just have to find them out in the world, and then you're like, "Huh, that's weird." And then you're like, "Huh, that's yeah. weird again." And um, but I think the the reason why I think it's probably this because I do think that the glitch that started everything, and the transmission that severed Gaia from her subfunctions is connected, and the only entity that could have survived both events would have to be an AI. We we saw it with Cyan in the Frozen Wilds, mm. so. If you have a AI that already has a checkered past with humanity that could exist without humans being on the planet, all you would have to do is mess with the Pharaoh Swarm just enough to where it doesn't respond to human commands anymore. You don't have to take control over it. You, you just have to be able to mess it up. And perhaps the most highly advanced AI ever created, I think, could probably swing that. And then you have people re-emerging again. And if you don't want them to be around anymore there's a couple avenues you could take to get rid of them right like um you have a climate intervention ai and you also have these huge storms that we've been seeing in forbidden west 
um, mm. which seem like cataclysmic. Like, luckily, my wife is a um, meteorology major. She majored that in, in college. So there's like this one scene in one of the gameplay trailers where it shows like the barometric pressure dropping within seconds. So essentially, you have storms that are the size of like Hurricane Katrina forming over a matter of seconds, like all across the coast. So it is definitely like a, a an apocalyptic event. And mm. if you're going to create that, being a climate AI would be pretty good start. Yeah, to, to yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow. Wow, you've really sense. brought, you're bringing it all back. You're bringing it all mm. back. Now we feel like now I feel like I'm I know things. So when I play people, I'm like, oh, how did I do that? How did other people not realize? <laughs> yeah. You take it. Imagine not knowing that. Yeah, yeah. Imagine <laughs> not knowing that. Yeah. Imagine not understanding. So okay. So tell me then, what is where does silence fit into all this? Mm, yeah, that's oh, that's the hard one because like his motives are so we we just don't know a lot about them. What we know about silence so far is very limited um he's always been very much this seeker of knowledge he's like ben makapas he's like the world's greatest self-made person like he, he saw what was laid out in front of him and was instantly looking for answers trying to find out more so his life began actually in the frozen wilds you can find out about this so he pretended to be a banuk shaman that's why he has those wires in him mm. um oh. uh, so so he pretended to be yeah. a Banuk shaman, so that way he could get into this meeting of Banuk shamans called the Maelstrom. Um, and once he got there, he basically robbed the the sacred place of like all these machine parts, so he could find out more about them. Um, so he's always been like tinkering. A lot of people, it's like I wouldn't go as far as to say he's Banuk. He's probably Banuk, but I would I could totally see him just shoving some wires in his body just to do this one thing to get more information about the world. Like he started a cult yeah. that was about to destroy the world for some more like to learn calculus. So, um yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so as far as silence goes, like what his end game is is really interesting to me because I don't one of the reasons why I like silence so much is he's not I wouldn't even classify him as a villain. He's just an incredibly self-interested person. Like he has nothing to gain from the world ending because he would die. Um, so I really don't think that, and it's not even power that he's after so much. Like he's more than happy to let other people like, you know, cult fanatics or, you know, this, this new rebel faction led by Regala in the Forbidden West do a lot of the dirty work. So what he's actually after is, is I wish I could like tell you more, but that's one of those things that I'm really hoping that we get more information on Forbidden West because yeah, it, it is a huge question mark um, because he's just he's he's the great enigma of this world and you have to interact with him and he has to interact with Aloy because he's, you know, she's the key into all of these places. You know, her physical being is the, the one of the things that can unlock these doors for him. So I love their adversarial relationship. Um, mm. I absolutely think he's involved with this rebel faction. You know, you don't accidentally stumble upon the ability to override machines, you know, flippantly yeah. so uh, and you see him kind of looking over um the rebels overriding a bristleback in the um the announcement trailer so i think he's heavily intertwined in the rebels and also i do think that if you remember at the very end of the first game you see silence recapturing hades and marching towards the metal devil the the horus mm -hmm. i'm fairly certain that's the same horus that we see in the story trailer that the rebels are kind of like marching out from so I do think we're going to see Hades again in this game. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's, that's interesting. I mean, do you think... I mean, I don't think so, but 
the way that because silence and aloy seem to be like in zero dawn at least the only two characters that seem very aware of like their place in the world and sort of who they are and like what the world is and like what really happens sort of like whereas everyone else sort of buys into this like the gods and the you know whatever else and the ancient ones and stuff whereas aloy seems to want to find answers and so does silence do you think silence has any sort of connection to the old ones at all or do you think he just sort of i don't know found his way into it whereas aloy is sort of more destined for it sort of thing right i, I do think silence probably found his may found his way to it because of his inherent curiosity and i think that's one of the things that makes him so interesting and so dangerous because he even says mm. like when he's talking about hades and with the eclipse he's like i would have done it with more safeguards but i would have absolutely done this again to get this to get to this point like he really has no remorse he only has brief regrets of the fact that the things he could have fixed to make the project or the process more streamlined so I really do think that I don't know what his end game is, but I, I think the thing that's remarkable about Silence and it's another juxtaposition between he and Aloy is the fact that, like you said, Aloy was literally born to do this. She was created by Gaia to do this. So mm -hmm. she, that's the kind of the destiny side of it. And then you have somebody who's really just creating their own destiny. So I, I think there's, mm -hmm. there's kind of two sides of the coin in that way. I think he's just very much, uh, you know, this person who is has this gift it has this relentless drive to find out more but i i just don't know why that's that's the the fascinating part yeah that's definitely interesting another question though while we're on the topic of these different people is i've seen a lot of people comment on my video about horizon saying that their theory is that you know the person who sent the signal or whatever is ted farrow and he's like still alive and doing things what do you think about that do you think that's possible or um i think it's possible it's hard you can't really write off anything when it comes comes to this stuff but um so there's a I'll, I'll give you some stuff that i think uh is probably like could support it and stuff that would kind of be like eh, i'm not sure about that number one i think people want ted farrow alive so they can kill him yeah that makes so much yeah. sense yeah. whatever manifestation people can create to make that reality happen i think people will look for because yeah he's the guy who like destroyed the world twice essentially um mm -hmm. so i think a lot of people are just really wanting that to happen um there is precedent in the lore for life extension therapies um mm -hmm. so i'm not sure if that would be over a thousand years or you know there's cryostasis and things like that within sci-fi I don't think mm -hmm. he's alive. And I don't mm -hmm. think there's a clone of him out there. But I do think that we're going to find out more about him because in that story trailer, um, if you guys remember, you see Aloy and a couple of tribes people walking in front of this bla big like black circular door. Um, yes. yeah. And there's an insignia on it. And a lot of people have been saying that that is a cauldron. And like... I would 99% say that it's not because number one, cauldron doors are triangular. Um, they're mm. not circles, but the Probably symbol not. on it is a Pharaoh automated solution symbol. Yeah. You can see that on the side of like scarabs, like the corruptors. So for my Big money, triangle looking thing. Yes. Looks like the AC Odyssey logo. Um, <laughs> why do you have to bring? I'm sorry, I just you, you know, I just want our back. audience to know what we're on about. They might not know so what a triangle is, right? No they... one cares about it anymore. It's over. <laughs> it's dead. It's 
We don't. I'm have sorry. To bring it's, it up it's, every it's, time. It's, it's it burned into my brain. All right. Odyssey broke me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the interesting thing about it is. Um, after Zero Day, Ted Farrow didn't go to this place called Elysium where a bunch of the people who worked on Zero Dawn lived out the remainder of their lives. He didn't live at Gaia Prime with the Alphas. He had his own deluxe personal bunker called Thebes. So mm -hmm. for my money, what you're looking at in that part of the trailer is that bunker. So I think mm -hmm. that door is essentially the final resting place of Ted Farrow, and there's no telling what you're going to find in there. But... Mm -hmm. for, for those people who want some more Ted Farrow, I think you're going to get that. I just, yeah. I don't think he sent the signal. Um, yeah, I think, I just think he's been long dead personally. Mm -hmm. What about yeah. uh, Elizabeth? Like what, do, obviously we found out a lot. She was a, such a huge focus of Zero Dawn. Do you think she still has a role to play in Forbidden West? I do. Um, you know, there's. Uh, I, I'm personally hoping that we find out more about the company she founded after she left Pharaoh, um, which is called Miriam Technologies. So I'm hoping that we find like a, a, a ruin of that that Aloy can find. Because as much as he, she's interested in finding out more about the world and saving the world, I think it's still a prevalent theme for her that she wants. She knows who Elizabeth is, but she wants to find out more about Elizabeth. So I think that. Um, we're definitely going to get some more background information on Dr. Sobek. And I think that mm -hmm. um, overall, she's just, especially with a bunch of the the green robotics and trying to bring the world back, like her fingerprints are everywhere. And, and, and in fact, going back to Vast Silver, there's pretty decent evidence or at least connections that I would say that, that, that Elizabeth Sobek worked on Vast Silver. So mm -hmm. I think that she could wow. be intertwined in that because... You know, she was the at the forefront of um, artificial intelligence at that time. And uh, I think that if you were going to pick a lead for that project and Pharaoh, like before he ruined the world, his company was actually responsible for a lot of what brought the world back from the die off in the clawback decade. So I, I would not be surprised if Vast Silver was a Pharaoh automated solutions project. I would not be surprised at all if Vast Silver was worked on by Elizabeth Sobeck. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's a really big key in either how to shut it down or how to get that person to help you. So I, I do think we're yeah. gonna get more Elizabeth in this game. Yeah, I think as well, cause the story trailer, like, I mean, I think they've not forgotten about Elizabeth cause the story trailer starts with like Aloy saying, I'm running out of time, Elizabeth. Like there's still that connection there. It's not like her story was done and like that's forgotten about and it's in the past now because Horizon Zero Dawn's done. It's like it carries into this game. Elizabeth's still prominent for Aloy, so if she's prominent to the story, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And How I love Dr. Sobek as a character, so I'm always yeah, 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 yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah she's, she's fantastic. fantastic. What do you feel is, I guess, and this is another, this is sort of a loaded question, um, but like we've talked about a lot of very specific things, these AI, like, where it's what's sort of leading who's the cause who did this that and the other what do you feel is the overarching purpose of this series like where do you think because i feel like it's a sequel that's going to show you i'm like what's the overarching importance because when you look at it in a vacuum what we've got from the story trailer 
in some ways, you've got to admit, it's it, a lot of similarities to the story structure of the first game, where there's there's obviously the silence interaction, and can you trust him, can you not trust him? You've got some sort of rebel faction that's more of like in the tribal political world that's happening right now, that event with the storms and stuff, and then you have this overarching old world Elizabeth, like the guy out, like all of that stuff, what's going on there? It feels like it's got a, it's still covering all of those bases. What do you feel is going to be the important through line that's going to lead into a third game? If there is one, what's the important purpose of this story here? Well, I think that Horizon's story, real boy, there, there's two sides of it. Number one, it's like the classic hero's journey, right? You have like this person who's been plucked from obscurity, who's destined for a greater purpose. But I also think that Horizon is really a story of human potential um, and life versus death, where... As humanity, we are so um, capable of inflicting both things where you have the, you, the whole story starts with, you know, this like humans ruin the world. But then through some humans efforts, the world is brought back again. And it's this struggle between these these two kind of uh, of those who, who are really self-interested and those who are selfless. And I think that's also another thing that kind of is a through line between silence and Aloy, where one is unapologetically self selfish and self-centered. And this other person has dedicated their entire life into the service of others. So I think that's going to come to a head probably in the third game where silence figures out a way to execute what he wants to without the help of Aloy, because they have this very, tenuous relationship where they need one another but they don't necessarily like one another and they're not even aligned on a lot of different things so it's a very human story about you know some people who are out there striving to do the good work and things that are are beneficial and a lot of people who are asking just the question if we can opposed to if we should right like mm -hmm. this is probably going to be a hot take i don't think ted farrow is your classical definition of an evil person i mm. think that ted farrow is evil in the sense that um he his self-interest is so great that nothing else matters right he wants to create the the greatest line of um robots uh, of, of robotic peacekeepers that have ever been made and in order to do that he doesn't think about any of the repercussions just what could we slap on these things uh they they're unhackable they can you know self-replicate and uh, you know, it's it's this whole kind of cocktail of things that it just end up being terrible and doom the world. So I think it's just blind ambition and asking the questions like if you should rather than if you can. And I think that through line, especially between silence and Aloy, is only going to intensify and those differences are only going to be more apparent in this game and probably carrying through to a third game. Yeah, mm. well, they the actors even yeah. said in a recent, like, behind the scenes sort of making of trailer about that relationship between Aloy and silence of like, yeah, like you said, like needing each other, but also being on opposite ends, but they sort of keep coming back to each other. Do you think uh, when we end um, forbidden West and lead into whatever comes after there will be, I feel like there's almost gotta be in this game that sort of a bit of a climax to that relationship where they're there. There's a, there's a massive conflict. I do. And another thing that a lot of people might not realize as well, especially with the story trailer, and I think 
two things are probably going to be prevalent in the third game. Number one is probably the restoration of Apollo. So that way humans have the option of getting all that information and knowledge back. Um, and that could cause a litany of problems, people who accept it, people who don't. Um, but as far as Silence and, and, and Aloy go, the fact that Silence has Hades, Aloy doesn't know that. And that is a huge wild card on the table because the whole point of Gaia's destruction is because Hades is designed by design and has the ability just built in to take over the terraforming system and reverse it back to zero. So that's not like some crazy like new ability it has. That's that's specifically what Hades was designed and meant to do. And you, and you can read more about it in the Hades protocol data point that Gaia the control over Hades is pretty minimal. Like Hades actually needs to be able to control Gaia. So if Aloy brings Gaia back and Hades is still active, Hades could come back and wipe the biosphere back to zero, like super, mm. pretty easily. That's like yeah. by design what it, what it could do. So I think that could be a huge thing in the third game, essentially like what you saw Hades do in the first game was, trying to execute its purpose through the means that it had. It, it couldn't use the terraforming system, so it used the Pharaoh machines to kind of achieve that end. But that was its ultimate goal. That's its design to do that. But if it has the terraforming system, it doesn't need the Pharaoh machines. It will use Zero Dawn itself to wipe out all life, which would be pretty um, poetic that the system that mm. is used to bring all life back could absolutely be the, the doom of life again. So... Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you've just, I, I feel like that's what it like, sort of like, it all fades to black after you've just said that line. You've just sort of perfectly, perfectly tied that. And I'm like, wow, I'm just digesting all this Horizon information right now. That I'm like, fuck, yeah. this series is so good. And Makes me realize how much I do actually love it a lot. Yeah, like, you've, you've really brought the heart. You've really brought the heart. I'm very excited, episode. yeah. <laughs> there's 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 so much there's so much to it and to look forward to and i and and the stakes i think people forget of this of of zero dawn and, and what leads into forbidden west the stakes are so high and are only getting higher the more get revealed you're like holy shit this this character we play as in, in aloy has such an important effect on the whole world and every person in it mm. and she's just like a, she's an outcast from the Nora tribe like yeah. that was born in a cave really like yeah. it's and she's exploring this world and you wow it's just it really is like a mind-boggling um experience of a game and I, I when the first horizon came out you know seeing the trailers obviously just robot dinosaur weird looking game that um I think James and I jumped on because of uh, a Colin Moriarty doing his review of it and we were like blown away from like him talking about yeah. we're like oh yeah let's we should play we should play Horizon and like <laughs> and then we jump in and we're like oh, this is one of my it's one of my it's in my top it, yeah. 10 favorite games of all time I'm like I think it's such a masterpiece experience that I just have I adore so much so it's just mm -hmm. great to be back at this point where a sequel's about to come out we're all anticipating it. Everyone's hyped and excited, and it looks brilliant. Five years—it's gone so fast. 
it, like it doesn't feel like it's it, it it's been five years. That's insane. But what a perfect amount of time for Gorilla to have, have really invested in creating a sequel. And to me, the biggest news and the best news of all from Horizon Bin West is when they're like, oh, it's about the same length as Zero Dawn. I'm like, yeah. thank you. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. It's not some 150-hour behemoth of a game that people seem to want to make with these overworld games now. It's a perfectly 20, yeah. 25 hours. That's a brilliant length for a, nice a, for a game, a yeah. beautifully tight, but that's I think that's a big game. Twenty twenty five hours. That's a that's a lot of time to do a lot of cool stuff, and I'm sure there's another twenty five to forty hours of if you wanna doing whatever explore, else you want. Yeah, data exactly. points like you know machine battles, uh, customization challenges. I'm sure there's side quests, everything. Mm-hmm. There's all if you want to do it. There's gonna be so much content in there, but also if you're busy. And you also don't have maybe have the time. 20, 25 hours. Beautiful amount of time. Yep. Beautiful amount of time. Yeah, I, I sure. love yeah, it. Yeah, sweet spot. Definitely. That's really like, when I saw that, I was like, you know what? That's where the hype comes in. Where I'm like, I know I'll, <laughs> no, I know I'll actually get to play this game in a reasonable amount of time. Like, Because otherwise, if, it, if you tell me it's a 50-hour story to finish... I might not finish the game till July. Like oh, that's just a scary like thought, and I and I hate like when you find the time to play a game for a bit, and then you you lose time, and you and it's been like oh, it's been three weeks since I played. What sort of happened the last time I jumped in? It's concerning. So that's my little personal tick of approval there. Yeah, it's a very um, Tyler thing. Valhalla broke you, and now you can't play games. Well, it you're was scared. Well, I mean, it was one of the worst games of all time. Um, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. Yeah, it's yeah, bad. It's one, one of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It was definitely one of the worst games of all time. Um, and yeah, you're right. It did break me in the sense of it, it made me stop liking video games overall just because I was like, I never want to... It's such a chore. I never want to play a 150-hour game ever. Well, I never I never wanted to beforehand, but it just made me like... I'm so exu- glad... I'm so glad you played The Witcher before you played Valhalla because it never would have happened. You never would have played Va- uh, with The Witcher after Valhalla; it just wouldn't happen. Oh, oh I just, that's a shame. It took. I that didn't be finish. I didn't finish one new game last year. I didn't play one game last year because of like after Valhalla, I was like, I just don't enjoy playing games. It's honestly exhausting. Like that genuinely ruined me because it was like oh. months of playing this piece of shit game. Yeah, I know. I know. Just, I know. How you like, feel though. I had to finish, and then I and then we got to the end, and I was like, that was terrible, and I said it was terrible, and I got months of hate because everyone's like, it's really good, and then everyone one eighty on me, and I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, Valhalla was shit, and no one fucking apologized to me. I was like, I hey, ate look. shit for months because of this. Ab- Abortion of Just the game. be glad everyone changed their minds, right? Just be uh, glad everyone, everyone, uh, everyone realized. Yeah, we can't know. want people to be punished. That's what we yeah, said. No, exactly. Everyone, I don't exactly. want people to be punished. I just <laughs> want an apology. I just want. An I'm apology. sorry, Tyler. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't play the game, but I'm sorry too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you, you, I, I thank you for not playing it. Jesus. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't play the game. One of the, yeah. one of the lucky ones. One of the lucky ones. Well, I mean, I think with that, Chili, thank you so much for coming on the show, for joining, joining us, us and, for and having us a couple of hours of your Especially, time and, yeah. and giving us your incredible horizon brain. It's just, it's so cool for you to like give us those details and get the extra hype because I know so many of our listeners, they love horizon that we've got a big like mm-hmm. fan base in the, in our community and 
I, I know there's going to be lots of them that didn't know all the things you were explaining and they're like, oh my God, I, I'm so excited now for this, that and the other. We feel like we're in on it. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us. Yeah. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll have to get you on later again this year. We'll talk all things through with spoilers with Forbidden West. And I, I'm going to want to get you on mm-hmm. before this Lord of the Rings show now. Because uh, as a fellow Tolkien nerd, we can yeah. really dive in. Hopefully we have more info, some trailers, a bit more to go off. Um, so that'll be really exciting. So th- so thanks, man, for coming. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and James, uh, uh, as always, for, for being here, I guess, you know, thanks, thanks, I guess. Thanks for having me on, Tyler. Um, it's been a You blast. know, it's, it's all right. But, you know, if you do like listening to James and I talk and you want to hear more, you just head over to patreon.com forward slash as always. Again, just $1 sure. a month, exclusive access to the Patreon podcast, the Clubhouse podcast, but podcasts on the internet. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, of course, other cool perks and rewards. So head over there and check that out. So thank you to the Sweet Vintage Lights to help power this podcast on the credits tier. That's five dollars and up. So thank you to these guys, these crazy names that Chili's about to um, never want to talk to us again after hearing. Oh we have Ollie the Superior, Ollie Avery, Dobbs, Clark, Fifty Three, Damien, Epic, Alaric, or Faramir's Noble Shaft, Ferentino, Flash, Paradox, Franco, Jesper, Olsen, King Richard III, Ryan Hafer, Tristan Weaver, Bullsack, Forty Seven, Aragon, Kimasaba, Gamma, Cream Pies, Sicarius, aka Kieran, Adam the Tobias Forge Simp, Alfie Robert, Andy Kill, Big Dick, Six 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 Nine Nine. Ben, ben Higgins is thankful for a stick brethren Benedict Clovers BFHC Biggest fucking virgin Bodge Miku Overlord the Elder Brian Ford Call Me Daddy Christian 0210 Connor DeRose Bully in the Alley Dry Man Gamer 101 Eli Emil Cadborg Redito Hacker Ethan Dean Fishy Furious Coco Gene Give Me a Penis Kinko Swag God Bless the Visionary Zach Schneider Gwen Hughes Harrisy Hookie Jack DG 1998 Jane B. Bennett Joe the Founder Scarab Josh Duvillier Josh J. Anderson Joshua Mora Assassin, Christian Rowe, Liam, Luke, Luca, Lucas R05, Louis de Leon, Mac Watto123, Mario5380, Massabas, Max H, Money Unicorn, Nick Miller, Otakuan7, our best and favorite mod brownie, Philip Stillwagon, Radock, Ravjai, Seth, Son of a Bitch, OG Doggo, Sparky Bucks, Sussy Imposter, Amogus Moment, The Blue Cow, The Puthy, Connor, Connor Thor, the other, the Puthy, Connor Thor, aka Zacchino, <laughs> Thethmus, they call me the Greedy Bear, but Assassin's Chris is long gone, Tony, Walshy, and Zeppo. Thank you, you three, Thanks, for helping to This podcast is um, it's a journey every day of my life reading that list. It's an absolute <laughs> fucking journey. So thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you all thanks for so the much. next episode of the As Always podcast, where Horizon Forbidden West will be out, uh, and Ooh, we will see you all. Yum. Next time, thank you and goodbye. We'll see you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Have a good one.